This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Seals! Welcome aboard. I do dig the off week of the NFL when it comes to the Super Bowl. I do. Because you get great storylines. And you also see what the league is doing when it comes to their hiring practices. It's really funny when you look around the league and you see what's going on when it comes to the hirings. And I got to tell you, maybe Philadelphia did set the bar on how you hire, and Nick Sirianni is kind of the blueprint. Look at all these first-year coaches. I know Dan Quinn got the D.C. job. We'll hit on that here in a minute. But um, why do you think they hired all these young coaches? Control. You think the organization wants to hire Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, any of those guys? You're not going to get away with that. When you you think you're going to be a front office and tell Mike Vrabel what to do? Mike Vrabel had the general manager in Tennessee fired because of the complete catastrophe that they had with the A.J. Brown deal. All of these... New and young hires are cheaper, and you can control them, just like Nick. See, Nick is not the only lap dog and the only puppet in the league. Every one of these coaches that were hired are all lap dogs and puppets. So maybe it's a league thing. That's kind of where you are now. Okay? You know, it's it's kind of where you are. If you want control, you hire a puppet. And that's kind of what all these organizations did. Who's the guy in Tennessee? Who's the guy in Seattle? Raheem Morris, I get. Okay, but look at the hires. These are all people they can control. And that is, without a doubt, what these organizations want to have. Remember what I told you. It's not really about winning Super Bowls or championships anymore. It's about controlling the narrative and your football team and the direction of your football team. That's where it's at. That's why you get these young hires. Okay? And I want to say something about Jason Kelsey. And, and Tone, can you put it in the private box for me? 
where he was defending Nick Sirianni. I, I, I thought I heard it on, was it Dinger's um, podcast or somewhere where maybe it was his own with his brother, that they were going and they were, and he was defending Nick Siri Liar. Okay? Because I, I thought I heard it on WIP this morning. To me, when I when I heard some of those comments, and I heard him going overboard when it came to defending Nick Siri Liar, um, it sounded like a company man to me. That wasn't a real take. Three days ago, he said he doesn't want to leave the Eagle organization. He's a front office man already. And quite frankly, I don't believe that comment. That was a company man statement. That wasn't a football player statement. Okay? He's a company man. That was a company man's answer. If you listen to it, it's a company man. So Jason Kelsey is making his 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 transformation from being a player to being a yes man up in that front office with the Eagles. It's okay. It's what you got to do when you want to work with the Eagles. You got you got you got to say yes sir. Whatever you need. No problem. So Jason Kelsey's going to turn himself into a lapdog. If you listen to that answer, it's a company man's answer. Guy's great. Oh, my God. Funny, that's not what we saw. You know what they're trying to do in that Eagle front office? They're trying to make you feel that those guys had everything under control when that thing was a nuclear meltdown and a Chernobyl meltdown. And guess what? You know I'm talking and you know I'm saying the fucking truth. That was a company man talking. Nick's great. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Hey, that's the first time I saw Jason Kelsey do something that was not in his nature. And that was to kiss the ass of a guy who failed. I have to say it the way it is. No disrespect to you. You're a great player. And I'm not going to quantify it. But, dog. That was a company man's answer, and you sound like you already work for the owner. Sorry, dude, but you're sitting on someone's lap. How you doing? I mean, you don't you don't have to justify that. No one believed you, Jason. No one believed you. Full of shit, dude. How many people really think Nick Sirianni had that football team and everyone in that locker room aimed in the right direction when you're fucking one in seven? Who believes that? Who in the right mind believed that? And him going over the top to say that, and I can't believe no one called him out on it. It's a total bullshit comment. Damn, dog. I thought you had more pride in yourself. Some of you are going like this. Sills, you're killing one of our favorite players. Don't give a shit. You say something stupid. I get called on the carpet for saying stupid shit. So should he. (laughs) I mean... Get called on the carpet. Mr. Company guy. 
I hope that's just a one of. I hope it's just a one of. Okay? I really do. You're talking about what a great coach. I think personally, Nick Sirianni is an automatic time bomb that's waiting to detonate in the Eagle locker room. And it's just sitting in the middle of the table, in the middle of the locker room, and it's waiting to blow. Because you know why? It's going to. It's inevitable. That bomb's going to blow up. It's inevitable. It's going to blow up. It's not going to be, it's not going to be diffused. It's not going to get better. And as long as that bomb is in the middle of the Eagle locker room, all the players in that locker room will know there's a bomb in the room that's going to go soon. It's not when. It's a certainty. You should have cut the cord. Instead, you put the bomb in the middle of the locker room. When the first thing that goes sideways, should they fire the coach? That's the first comments that are going to be made after week one. It's the first comment. First comment. Hey, what do you think? It's a keg of dynamite. Right there in the middle of the room with your shitty coach. Holy cow. It's like a cancer. You know you're dying. You just don't know when. Right? You just don't know when. Okay. Let's get to Kellen Moore's hiring. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. You know what that means? Jalen Hurts' clock just started even quicker. You brought a competent coordinator. As Tone says, guy know how how to handle blitzing. Guy knows how to put pass routes together. Hey, Jalen, you don't get it right now. You're out. You're out. I ain't going to sit around with a, with a project for the next seven years or six years or four years or three years. You don't get it right in 24. I'm going to begin that process of getting your ass out of there. Okay? Your clock just started. Your clock started. You're on the clock now. They brought in Kellen Moore to somehow fix Jalen Hurts. Okay. We're going to do if he doesn't pan out again. I mean, Kellen Moore, you're going to fire him again? Get another guy? And hope to God that you somehow find the magic genie to come in and rub Jalen and make him better 
Jalen Hurts' 2024 season is going to be the branch between either he's going to be the future or you're going to begin the process of moving on. I'm not throwing money after money like in Dallas with Dak Prescott. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, get this. Jerry Jones is down at the Senior Bowl right now. Somebody brought up Dak Prescott's contract to 59.5. You know what I say to that? Why would I spend $60 million? It's eight years. I know what I have here. Why? Because I'm hanging around the rim? He makes us in the room and we're kind of in the game? Well, shit, dude. You're going to spend a half a billion dollars on a quarterback that doesn't deliver you a Super Bowl? What's the freaking point? What's the freaking point of doing that? When I look at what's going on in San Francisco with a guy making less than 900 grand. Sorry, Hertz. I'm not going into another contract with you. If you don't, write the ship. Hey, man, no disrespect. Watch this. Hey, Jalen's a great guy. Great. Hey, Jalen works hard. Great. I don't give a shit. Are you good enough to win a Super Bowl for me right now? Some of you go, yeah, well, so far it's a one-year wonder. That's what it is. He's not been consistent in any year he's played. First year, second year, third year. They're all three different years. And I would make the comment the second, the first year was better than this last year. You know why? At least he finished the season on a high note. JP goes, hurts for one down year. What do you mean one? No, 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 no. This is not like 1985 where you're paying a guy 200 grand. You're paying a guy 50 fucking million dollars, guy. This is not some sort of half-ass investment. You're paying people quarters of a billion dollars to get it right. You don't have, well, hey, you know, we're on a five-year plan. What do you think, you're in the Army? This ain't a five-year plan. This, you've got to figure this out. Hey, hey, can Jalen win me games? Yeah. Can, can, can we compete in the NFC East? Yeah. That ain't 50 million bucks. So you bring in Kellen Moore? Jalen Hurts is under more pressure than Kellen Moore is. Kellen Moore has shown success in the league. Jalen Hurts has shown one year of success in the league. As a matter of fact, Kellen Moore's resume is actually better when it comes to developing offenses than anything that they've had in the last three years in Philly. So there's no excuses anymore. Either you can read a defense, pick up blitzes, find the open guy, or you can't. I'm not spending $50 million on a Wildcat quarterback. You're now officially... In the conversation now, where Jalen Hurts has to show us. He, he, he's, 
He's got to show us that he can be consistent like Mahomes. Okay? Don't you want that? Oh, he's a great guy. He's all this. I don't. You know, if I'm going to a party and I'm naming man of the year, Hertz is my MC. If I'm winning a Super Bowl or trying to win a Super Bowl, that's the least thing I care about the most. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. You're not going to go win Super Bowls with choir boys. You got to get into a position here where you got to figure this out here. He's regressed. Can you fix him? There's not a person with any kind of common sense that would sit here and go, Jalen Hurts didn't regress this last year. And Kellen Moore was hired for a reason. And by the way, lapdog Sirianni in the building hurts that development. Let me ask you this. Here's something else to think about. How do you know Kellen Moore and Nick Sirianni are going to get along? Did you ever put that into a conversation? How do you know there's not going to be conflict in the building when, say, Kellen Moore wants to throw the ball and all of a sudden Nick says, you know, we should put some more RPOs. No, this is my call. Who's going to have the autonomy to say, no, I'm doing this. This is why I was brought here. Is Nick going to overrule that? Or has Nick been neutered? How do you know this relationship? Hey, get this. What are you more concerned about? The relationship with Sirianni and Kellen Moore? Or the relationship with Hertz and Kellen Moore? What are you more concerned with? Dude, he's fighting for his job, Nick Sirianni. He's fighting for his job. You think he's just going to let some guy run the steamship into an iceberg and sink his ass? Think of that. Think of that for a second here. You're going to be in a position where you've got a coach who's been kicked to the side, whose authority has been questioned by ownership in the GM. And you bring a new dude in. How do you think that would make you feel? If your boss hired somebody, put him in the room with you and you had no say on what that guy was going to say or do on your own show or in your own office building. You're the head coach or aren't you? Are you not the head coach? Are you not? Nick is taking everyone, (laughs) right? Um, He'll have enough time to do that real soon. He's not fighting Sills. 
okay? He's not fighting sales. He's sucking up to the people above him. Well, then he's not, what's he in the building for then? What's he in the building for, dude? You know, you don't have really a football problem. You have a structural problem inside your organization. And it's exactly what I opened the show with. All these organizations hiring these wet-behind-the-ear head coaches who have no authority when they go into the building because they're first-year guys and they want control over them. That's exactly what you have here. You have an organization that has too much football control over the over the players and the coaches. You can't get out of your own way. Let these people fucking coach. Okay? Do me a favor. Let these guys coach. Yeah, hey, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Nick is at the head coach because Kellen is being geared up for that role next year. Could be. Could be. Hey, Bob, I want to make it very clear what I said about Kelsey. That's the first time I heard some stupid shit coming out of his face, too. Sucking up to Nick Sirianni, giving you a company statement about how great a coach he is and how everyone loves him. Hey, Jason, I know you're going for a management job next year or maybe even this year, but Jesus, dude, did you have to overcook it? Everyone knows you're full of shit on this. You can't bullshit people like that, Hoss. And you know better than that. Nobody in their right mind thought that Nick Sirianni had the pulse of the team when you're one and seven at the end of the season. You make a dumbass move like the Desai move and think you had everything under control and go, hey, he's a great coach. Who thinks that? No one. Nobody in their right mind would think that unless you're a dumbass or you're just making shit up. Get this. I'm not making one and seven up, kid. I'm not making the defense look like horseshit at the end of the season. I ain't making that up. I ain't making up that Jalen Hurts was second in turnovers. I ain't making that up. That happened. That Those aren't opinions. Those aren't opinions. That's not gaslighting anything. Is Kellen Moore and Nick Sirianni going to get a, get along? Are they going to get along? I think it's a fair question to ask. Why wouldn't it be? I love when those people drop that 10 and 1. And I turn around and go 1 and 7. 1 and 7. That's who you were. 10 and 1 was the fraudulent record that I told you since New England. I said it in week one in New England. That team ain't that good. They're not that good. And the quarterback's making business decisions. And hey, no, so you know, you're not, eh, you know, everyone's going like, Jesus Cremity, man, we're nine and oh. And I'm like, a team ain't that good. I got you. I, <laughs> I got you, man. Shooter, I got you. Howie and Lori loved their corporate puppet. Head coach. That's right. That's exactly correct. No question about it. 
Kelsey has always backed whatever coach is in the house. That's what a team player does. No. You don't back a coach who sucks. So are you going to back somebody who sucks? I'd rather have you say nothing. Dude, that's not what a team guy does. Or if that was the case, Jalen Hurts would be back in Nick Sirianni. I agree with everything Cilio says, but Ultimate Lori owns the team. What are we supposed to do? It's a great call. Hey, he's not going to sit around and let Howie Roseman fail again in the NFL draft. By the way, how do you think you build stability when it comes? You know why your Eagles are not a stable organization? And what I mean by that is you have to consistently lean on Howie Roseman every two years to rebuild your football team. Do you know why that is? Because of the incompetence in the draft. You don't build stability in free agency. You build stability through the draft. Ask San Francisco. Ask Green Bay. Ask Seattle. Ask New England. All the team, Pittsburgh. All the teams that have long periods of success are built through the draft, not free agency. Will the new coaches have the requisite amount of autonomy to do what they need to do? Will this diminish the influence and control of Howie Roseman? That's the billion-dollar question. How much autonomy are these guys going to get and how much interference are we going to see the head coach have? If the head, co- I'll tell you this. Do you know what the best thing the head coach can do? The best thing the head coach can do is stay out of the way. Bring the crellers and donuts. Bring the coffee for your coaches. Get your spreadsheets together. Plan a nice trip and go see the Rocky statue for the new guys. Have a picnic party, Nick. But other than that, stay away from coaching. Because unless it's you putting a picnic together, I don't want you anywhere near coaching. Because you can't. I don't want any of you near him. I don't want any of the new coaches near him. Because his influence sucks. Hey, I think it's a great idea to put Matt Patricia in. Let's name him D coordinator. If that even was his move, that's what he's saying because he fell on the sword for some dumbass. <laughs> I wonder who. Come on, man. This has been a three-week comedy tour since this thing all blew up. It's been three weeks of comedy. It's really funny listening to people talking. And again, you know, when you bring up the shit with A.J. Brown, some of you fuckers don't understand what the CBA dictates and how you can kick the can down the road when it comes to cap hits and you can defer the money. Read a book, dude. It's there at NFLPA.com. You can read it. 
You can read it. You can defer it or take the big hit up front. You can restructure contracts like they did the Kevin Byer deal. Hey, and one more thing about the whole A.J. Brown deal, which we started right here on this program three weeks ago. I think Tone and I said it was probably around the time that he scrubbed his social media. We're around a buck game. And I said, hey, man, there's nobody safe on that football team. I'd trade everybody but the quarterback. And somebody goes, what do you mean trading A.J. Brown? Tra- A.J. Brown got you dick this year. And he had a career year. And you don't believe in your quarterback. I'll say it again. You don't believe in your quarterback. Like they do in the way. Hey, Buffalo's cutting Stefan Diggs June 1. They're cutting him because they need the $25 million in cap space. Then you turn around and you look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has, they spend no money on running backs and no money on wide receivers. And they're in their second Super Bowl in a row. Why is that? Well, because the quarterback is special. Your guy's not. So what do you have to do? You have to build your roster. You're not Kansas City. You don't understand and you won't accept it. You're not Kansas City because you know why? You don't have Patrick Mahomes, even though you pay him like he's Patrick Mahomes. There lies the difference. He's not Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes was on the Eagles, they would beat teams by 30 points. But then again, they couldn't pay $500 million. Okay? You have no idea what you're talking about. Every deal is workable. Every deal. And here, once again, they need draft choices. The problem with that lies with this, though. Do you trust Howie to do it? Is he a good enough personnel guy to do it? I don't think so. He can't draft linebackers to save his life. What are you going to do with that? The Kobe Dean thing. That all of you told me he was a superstar. I told you that guy will never play and he won't last a year. All true. All true. He won't be a factor and he won't make the season. And he didn't. And both. That turned out to be a fact. You see, it's funny. You're right. Because I find myself doing this. Okay, if I got, if I traded away a guy like Brown and I got, and I disagree with Rob Ellis, I think you can get two ones for him. And I would say this to you, okay? I would, I would say, give me the two ones. But I don't know who would do that, okay? Maybe one and two threes, one and two twos, because you need to fix your defense. You've got a horrible job ahead of you, okay? A horrible job. And I'm sorry I started this here. And I'm glad to see John Ritchie. By the way, I had a great conversation with John Ritchie this morning. He thinks the same thing. They need to get as many draft choices as they can get and try to find a way to be able to pull some strings to get that defense with more draft picks. Unfortunately, Odyssey is uh, in in a bind with us because they don't want to have any of their host come on our program. 
because we're we're starting to kill the market. It's okay. Winning. It's all good. Nobody's saying trade AJ Brown because AJ Brown's a dick or he's not a good player or a good teammate or a great lead. Nobody's you have an asset. Now, one thing is for sure, you're not Kansas City. You'll never be Patrick Mahomes. I think we all understand that. Okay. So you got to build your team like the Niners. Jalen Hurts is not going. He is not going to carry your football team with lesser players. Trade for Sertan or draft Kool-Aid. I like the drafting of Kool-Aid. I would say this to you too. You know, I've heard guys in our network go like this. You know, we need another guy for Hurts. Jesus, criminy. How many top flight guys does a kid need to win? You got six pro bowlers now. Does, does, let me ask you this. Does Kansas City have one pro bowler that's a skilled guy? The tight end, right? And nothing else. It's the tight end and the quarterback. That's when you know you're paying $55, $60 million and you're getting your money's return. You go like this. Well, though there's only one of those. No shit. That's my point. The Kyler Murray deal's not going to pay off. I'm not sure the Lamar Jackson deal is going to pay off. I'm not sure the Josh Allen deal is going to pay off, and I'm surely not sure because of Joe Namath Burrow that the deal in Cincinnati is going to pay off. I know the deal in Dallas doesn't pay off. So what am I doing here? I'm throwing good money after bad money here to try to find the brass slipper or a needle in the haystack. You're looking for the needle in the haystack when you don't need to. San Francisco doesn't have the needle in the haystack. Brock Purdy is Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. Like Brock Purdy is benefiting from having great players around him and a great play calling head coach. You see, that lies your problem too when it comes to your head coach and why his sand dial is turned upside down. And his job light's just about out because you know why? Once you're not a play caller anymore, I happen to agree with Chris Long. His time in Philly began right there when he was two and five. It began right there. By the way, I see Xander's behind the scene here. He was with me the first time when they were two and five. We were laughing at Nick Sirianni. We were laughing at him. This guy sucks. Took the play calling away from him, gave it to Steichen, saved his career for him 18 months. You know, Shane Steichen saved his career, not Jalen. Look at what Shane did. Gardner Minshew's in the Pro Bowl. Gardner Minshew is a Pro Bowler. Because of Shane Steichen? Wait a minute. Let's get this right here. Shane Steichen made Gardner Minshew a pro bowler. And you're trying to tell me you think Sirianni was 
the guy in Philly during 22, Jason Kelsey, that he was the guy. Your true head football coach was Shane Steichen. You let the let the wrong guy go. Nick got credit and plagiarized Shane Steichen. Facts. Quarterback regressed. Put Gardner Minshew in the Pro Bowl. Winning season in Indianapolis. What else is there to be said? Again, this is not opinion. Those are facts. You see, when you throw facts at people, like like Tone says, people scream at you. You can't debate facts, so they holler at you. Gardner Minshew is a pro bowler like Jalen Hurts is. Tells me a lot about being a Pro Bowl quarterback these days. Gardner Minshew has the same distinction as Jalen Hurts does this year. (laughs) I don't know, man. Is he an MVP candidate too? Jesus. Dude, you know, hey, I thought for this, when we were talking last offseason, Sills, Didn't you say Shane wasn't a big factor in the Eagles' success last year? I sure did. Because I was bullshitted that it was Sirianni. And now we know it's not. It was him. It had to be somebody. Now we know who it was. Because we see the incompetence in Sirianni. Sirianni is the one that gaslighted who the the coach was. Dude, Dude. Nick Sirianni won at seven. Shane Steichen, a winning record in Indy, and the quarterback's a pro bowler. Come on. What else do you need to see? And again, not an opinion. You know, I I thought that Gardner Johnson was going to be a huge loss. I thought that um, Hardgrave would be a rough loss, too. Dude, the most important loss that they had was Shane Steichen. But see, I'll tell you what, one thing is for sure. The reason that Nick Sirianni's still in the building, you know why he's still in the building? What do you need, Howie? I'm right here for you. You need a cup of coffee? I mean, if you're not wearing the Howie Roseman knee pads, You can't work in that building. Howie, I'm right here. Whatever you need. You want to fire Desai? No problem. Do you want to elevate Patricia? No problem. You want to have the analytics guys give us all the intel? No problem. That's why when you walk in and get fired, you're not getting fired because you're just a yes man. I did everything you wanted. He's still the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles because he's a yes man. Not because he's a man, but because he's a yes man. Gardner Minshew's a pro bowler. (laughs) 
Oh my God. Is this, this, the content that your Eagles are giving us these three weeks have been unbelievably awesome. They're more interesting now than they were during the regular season. Hundred percent right. Lori should have figured out when OC Gruden if there's something strange, I don't look good. Sills loves it when the Eagles are in pain. Friendly reminder. Yes, I know. Thank you, Tom. It's my boy. And I'm his. Um, Dave goes, I tuned in for 10 minutes. Is this still a football show? It'll always be a football show and a sports show because football dominates the world right now in America. And that's my world. When 93 of the top television shows out of 100 or football shows, and the rest of them are those dog and pony shows or reality TV shows. You bet it is. What do you think I'm going to do? Talk about the NBA? <laughs> oh, by the way, you talk about an organization in a league that's got an identity crisis. So after Steph Curry leaves and LeBron leaves, who's going to be the face of the league, you think? <laughs> Good luck to that one. Who's the face of the league after LeBron leaves and Steph Curry leaves? Do you got a guy? Do you have a guy? Giannis? Okay. Good luck to you. Luca. good luck to you. Yeah, because Americans always root for foreigners to be faces of the league. That's right. That's what they do. Okay? Correct. Yeah, okay. So let's move on to this topic now. Oh, this is going to be a harsh one. Oh, my God. I want you to sit down for this one. Okay? I want you to sit down for this one. Sit down. You ready? Who's closer to a Super Bowl this coming 2024 season? The Cowboys or the Eagles? Eagles. <laughs> Who's closer to the Super Bowl? The Eagles or the Cowboys? Gary, that's a true football fan. You're right. Cowboys always choke in the playoffs. That's not the question. Who's closer to the Super Bowl? Eagles or Cowboys? Ask yourself this one. What quarterback do you trust going forward to get you closer to the Super Bowl? Jalen or Dak? 
you'll go, well, Jalen's got to the Super Bowl. Dak's never. That's a, for sure. For sure, with a loaded team. I think the Cowboys are closer. I do. I think the Cowboys have better coaches. I think they're better coaches. Now, that's a big loss. Now, Harris will probably get the D.C. job in Dallas. He'll probably get that D coordinating job, Al Harris. And I think he's a great up-and-coming, talented coordinator. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. They got to stop the run in Dallas. That kid, Mozzie Smith, turned out to be a turd. Okay? So they got to figure out how to stop. So, and they've got to, here's their issues. Ready? The Cowboys are superior to you in the secondary. Superior. And get what... And they get digs back this coming year. You're not even remotely close to them. Anything's better than your linebacking core. You probably got a better D-line. Okay? Your O-line. If Kelsey leaves, that's enormous. And he pulls his chair up next to Jeffrey Laurie as his assistant or whomever's assistant in the front office. So you would have, in the last two years, replaced Isaac Sayamalo and also your center, who's a Hall of Famer. It's one thing to go, Cam Jurgens is a really good player. It's another thing to say, Cam Jurgens is a Hall of Fame center. You have a Hall of Fame center who's the all-pro. I'm sure he's good, and I think he is too. But to say that he's Jason Kelsey, that's a reach. Do I think the Cowboys have a better old line than you? No. Do I think the Eagles have a better wide receiving core? I do not. Because you have two. They probably have five. And get this, after their first two, they're not great either. But you're horrible. You, I mean, you have a bunch of campers after Devontae. And no matter what you think of Quez Watkins, Quez Watkins could be cut the next team he goes to. I don't get it. You have nothing at the wide receiving position outside of the two guys. That's why you're predictable. You're predictable because you don't go to anybody else. Because you don't have anybody else. I mean, the numbers dictate that. Someone goes like this, who cares about the fifth wide receiver? Again, when you got a quarterback like Mahomes who goes to nine different targets in a ball game, it matters because you're not predictable. Hey, you're going to AJ and you're going to Devontae. You're playing one-on-one football. What'd it get you? One and seven. One and seven, baby. Come on now. Dak had a better year than um, Jalen did by far. Absolutely was horrible in the, uh, had a pick six in that playoff game. 
Not that Jalen played anything in that Buck game. Packers, Bucks, I don't know. They're pretty fairly close to one another. Both teams shit the bed in the first round of the playoffs. King says, do you think better route concepts that can make Watkins look decent? It's a great question. I do. I do. If you have a play caller that knows how to design and how to get, you know, that was one of the differences that Shane had in his, in his route tree. In Shane Steichen's route tree, what was one of the most important? Guys were open last year. I didn't say Dak is better than Hurts. I said Dak had a better season than Hurts. You're putting that you're putting that out there like that. That's not what I said. I said he had a better season. Okay. So you got to go on a year-to-year basis. Lamar had a better season. Jalen had a better season last year. Let's see what happens this year with Kellen Moore. That's why I say. We need to find out once and for all if Jalen Hurts is the guy and not have this conversation. I think he's going to turn it. How many how many times on our network or listening on the radio do you hear this? I think he's going to turn it around. Jesus, that's not certainty to me. Well, Seals, you could say that about a lot of guys. No shit. No shit. That's why I'm questioning, are you spending the money in the right place at the quarterback spot? And that notion that you have to pay because it's market value. Thank God 49ers don't look at that way. That's not how they see it. The 49ers are going to be a great football team for the next three years. And that's an eternity in the NFL, three years. And that's how long they got that kid on that contract. Cowboys... Cowboys struggle with coaching. McCarthy has won a Super Bowl. He has. So are you saying that the 49ers are not going to pay Purdy, says Senor? Not right now, they're not. They don't have to. Why would you? When I could build up integrity in my in my roster. That's what New England did. And by the way, if Purdy's smart, he'll do the Brady route. You, you, the, the greatest thing that Tom Brady ever did besides his excellent play is this. He went, <clears throat> he went to management and said, you know the money that I'm not making, the additional $10 million that I could make? Brady invested in himself. And he reinvested in the roster with the $10 million. Belichick would go get old Lyman. Would, would pay DBs, would pay linebackers, would pay D linemen to a point. And then because of Brady, you went to New England knowing full well you were never going to make top dollar. You guys were never the highest paid players ever in New England at any position. You know why? The quarterback wasn't. And the quarterback's a Super Bowl champion. How do you sell that? Well, you're going to win Super Bowls. Do you want it Super Bowls or do you want to get paid? If you want to get paid, you go somewhere else and you don't win Super Bowls. That was the sell with New England. That's not the sell that you have in Philly because you don't get paid unless you leave Philly. 
Remember something. They don't pay guys on defense. They paid the corners. And they got handed to them. They got it handed to them this last year. Because the biggest investments they made failed miserably. Miserably. Nobody gets, Reddick is underpaid. Who's a big, who's a big time paid guy on that defense beside the corners? No one. Okay. No one. Purdy is glad he's going to the Super Bowl because he can't afford, (laughs) probably so. Okay. Well, what did they invest in besides the typical raising defensive star? That's all New England pays. They draft decent old linemen. Already Bill was pocketing the money. No, he wasn't. Well, yeah, he was. Because, he. well, you're going to let a guy pocket money that delivers six Super Bowls. Dude, I don't have a problem with anything Bill Belichick did in New England. Hey, and get this. I just totally love how everyone's, like, capping on Vrabel and Carroll and, and Belichick by going like this. These guys couldn't get jobs. That's not the case. These guys didn't like the parameters of the job, so they didn't take them. Those guys could have had any job they wanted. Bill Belichick could have had the Atlanta job. Bill Belichick could have had the Washington job, but not at their, not, not, not at their recommendations on what they wanted to give it to them with. Nah, that's okay. I'll pass. You know why? Because Bill knows what he's doing. You think Bill's going to walk in and let people tell him what to do after 50 years of coaching? Highly unlikely. Well, here's the money. No, but they're probably balked at the money too. 28 million total control. You take it or leave it. Well, we're going to leave it. And then we're going to hire a coach that we can control. That's what all these teams did except one, Washington. And Dan Quinn takes the Washington job. I think that's probably one of the best hires besides the, um, the Jim Harbaugh hire. It's probably one of the best hires. Look, the Cowboys are always going to be in the conversation because you know why? McCarthy's a good coach. And Jerry at the Senior Bowl is saying, hey, look, we're hanging around the rim. They are. They're a better squad than you right now. The Cowboys are better. They're better defensively and they're better offensively. They're better as a roster. Now, you'll go like this. Sills, you really think the offense with the Cowboys is better than the Eagles? No. I think the 53-man roster is better than your roster. Especially after they took you apart in Arlington. You're not, you don't have a fit, you don't, you don't have a corner or a safety that's in the conversation they're, they're better than you across the board back there at every position. Free, strong corners. They're better than you across the board. They're going to have Bland and Diggs next year playing corner. Two all pros. What are you, 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 you? You're not close to them. And their safeties are superior to you. And like I said in the linebacking, You don't have to be much better than Philly because everybody's better than Philly at the linebacking core. Okay? 
The edge rushers are good. They got a better defensive star than you do in Parsons, even though I'm not a gigantic fan in the kid. Again, you know, you, you, you talk about having him in the locker room still, Kellen Moore, the development, all of this. You don't, you're not talking in Dallas about developing Dak. You're not talking about, you're talking about paying people in Dallas. You don't have to retool anything in Dallas except fix that run defense, which has been really a problem for three years in Dallas. And if anybody had any common sense about them, they would understand that. And something that I heard Devontae say, I heard Devontae Smith say this. My message to Kellen Moore would be, just let us do what we do. This is going to be an interesting relationship. It is. The relationship with Nick and Kellen and the receivers and Kellen and Nick and Jalen. See, I think this is a ticking time bomb. Once again, you don't have anybody with any leadership in the locker room. You got players saying shit. You got two different head coaches now in the locker room offensively. You're going to have a power struggle between the OC and the head coach. That's my that's a prediction. That's my prediction. That there'll be a power struggle between those two. That's right. Crowley, that's right. We'll have to wait and see. Let me ask you this. So do you actually truly believe that bringing Nick Sirianni back is an asset? Yes or no? According to Jason Kelsey. You, 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 you think he's an asset in the building and will be helpful to Jalen Hurts' development. Okay, do, 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 do you think this was – did the Eagles make the right move by bringing him back? Can I, I mean, honestly, you know what? I would have completely hired my coordinators like I did, and I would have went and got me a young coach somewhere and put him in the building – And just had like a guy in there that could deal with these two dudes. Because he's not going to have any say over Vic Fangio. And he's not going to have any say, I don't think, over Kellen Moore. Yeah, that's C24. That's a problem. That's it right there. I have have a question mark on the chemistry of the coaching staff, not the players. Well, the players in the new coaching staff. This is like, this is crazy that you're an 11-win team and you're ripping your coaching staff apart. Have you ever seen that? Have you guys ever seen a team win 11 games, fire both coordinators, and completely redo the entire coaching staff? Have you ever seen that? And a team that's been to three straight playoffs. Have you ever seen that? I'm trying, you know, I was trying to think about teams that have had um, success 
and have won a ton of games and completely ripped their team apart because they weren't happy with it. Uh, you know, what, what, what's, what's, what's really telling is that they're telling you things that they're not doing. You understand what I mean? Like they're telling you everything is okay, but they're retooling their entire coaching staff. Doesn't that contradict each other? Doesn't it? Doesn't it contradict it? You know, it's one thing to lose coordinators or people um, because they end up getting head coaching jobs. It's another thing to completely revamp your entire coaching staff. I'm awake. Our you says we'll be fine. You'll be fine with a coach. You shit the bed at the end of the year. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's a ticking time bomb. Oh, by the way, Denard Wilson is now the new Titans defensive coordinator. Didn't you have that guy in the building? So he'll now be the new defensive coordinator in the building there. Great. Okay. I do think that he has put him on the clock, Kellen Moore. Okay, I do. Because now we're going to find out if he can read defenses. We're going to find out if he can handle blitzes. After this, there's no more excuses. There's, there just isn't. All right. The defense has to be completely overhauled. Do they have the right people to do this? Is Vic Fangio the right guy to do this? I do like the new assistant coaches that they're bringing in. Okay, I do. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You're going to love this. Let's see here. So that's 120 times 506. Okay, so 600 to 1200. Wow. Times two is 2400. Over 10 months, it's 24,000. You got to figure this out. You see our fabulous and our we have to give LJ a prize here because he's awesome. LJ, you get the prize as the most faithful viewer that we have on Jacob because we figured out that you will this year post 24,000 comments in our chat box. So when you say you live like rent free in my head, you're going to post 24,000 times this year. Let's say you do 30 as an average between 25 and 30 every hour. And then get this. Got him. Got him what? I'm going to make a two-minute comment here on you, and you're going to continue to post 24,000 times. <laughs> I mean, I love you. You're the Hall of Fame, LJ, right? L- LJ's the Hall of Famer. This guy will post. Get this. Okay, 30. That's 120 over two hours. So he's going to do what? What is that? Okay, 120 for two hours, 240 times a day. Okay, over 10. This guy's going to go about 24,000 posts this year. Kudos to you, kid. Man. Hey, congratulations. So think of this, guys, as we move on here in a second. LJ goes to bed and gets up in the morning and is going to spend the whole year posting 24,000 times in our chat box. Dude, I even have to give you a, I mean, right, Tone? I got to give the guy a standing ovation because, man, that's called consistency, persistent, and you are persistent. Way to go, man. Dude, kudos to you. I wish the head coach of the Eagles had the same persistence you did. Congratulations. This guy's going to post 24,000 times. I live right free in Seals Head, and he's going to post almost 30,000 times this year. Can't get any better than that. Hey, man, I don't know if I've done anything 24,000 times. Congratulations to you, man. Keep, 
Keep doing whatever you do because I don't read them anymore. But go right ahead, man. I, I just happen to see LJ. I don't read your shit anymore. All I see is you posting. And I'm like, this guy goes 30, 30 posts an hour. That's 60 over two, 120 over four hours, 120 over five days, <laughs> over a month. Man, I, that's awesome. Man, you have a lot of stamina. All right, let's move on. Oh, oh hey, you think he's obsessed, Flexing? Dude. This guy's obsessed with me. This guy's like a chick chasing me and prank calling me at night. Hey, how come you broke up with me? <laughs> hey, hey, right? Hey, Tone, this is like this, right? How come Sulio doesn't? Why, why, how come he can't? What's going on? How come you broke up with me? <laughs> hey, Dan, how come you don't like me? I, I'd like you, man. I don't block you. or I would If I didn't like you, I would block you. Come on, man. What do you mean? Come here, love me. <laughs> I love you, LJ. I love you. <laughs> there, okay. LJ's the kind of guy like, man, this guy's like a, like, like, well, who's the guy that shot Lennon? <laughs> I mean, holy, I just let that guy out of jail too, man. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, this guy, seriously, how come you don't love me? How come? This guy's like Hinkley. Hey. Are you, hey, Mr. Cilio? I don't know. <laughs> Are you LJ? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hey, this note here to Micah Parsons now. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out Micah Parsons here. Micah Parsons, do you want to do what I do and be a TV star? Or do you want to be a football star? What do you want to do? So get this. He waited a week. It's more than a week since they got their ass kicked, right? By the Packers. So he's waited a little time. And he goes out going, and he takes a shot at his coaches. We need the proper people in here that we need so that we can win games. And we need better players at this particular position. Hey, son, how about you showing up? How about you showing up? I mean, seriously, man. You were like the Titanic sending SOS to nobody. Hey, can you come help us? No one's listening. <laughs> I mean, Micah Parsons, you have to show up. You have to take control of games. You have to. Okay? You have to show up. I mean, this guy's taking shots at management. Who's going to pay him 30? Hey, dude, if you go anywhere else, hey, how many people believe this about Micah Parsons? If he played in Tennessee, would you, would you even know who he is? Would you even know who he is? I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great football player. I think he has great moments. But great football players play great all the time. Okay? I mean, Green Bay beat the shit out of him. He's not physical. 
He's not a physical football player. Okay? Sills, are they gonna are they paying Dak or Parsons? They're paying Parsons. And you see what Jerry said? I hope Dak gives us a hometown discount. Don't count on it. Why would he take a pay cut? He just came off a Pro Bowl year. He's got two years in a row where he's 24 and 10. What are you talking about? He had nine picks and he was an all-pro this year. You know, there's only two truly guys on the all-pro team. This guy was an all-pro quarterback. I mean, and you're talking like, I mean, they should pay probably Dak. Because where are you going? Kirk Cousins? Okay. By the way, I think Kirk Cousins is going to help somebody. He's going to help Atlanta. He could help the Giants. He could help Washington go back there. Um, he could help Minnesota if he stays there. He could help Pittsburgh. Hey, Kirk Cousins in Pittsburgh is a thing. I, I, I would like to see, and they don't have to spend a ton of money on him. You might, he may be a four guy. I don't know. He may be a four dude. He may get $40 million because of the, the yards he puts up. Kirk Cousins is going to get paid. I mean, hey, at the you want to hear something that's crazy? You're going to look at Kirk Cousins at the end of his career, and he's going to throw for 55,000 yards or more. And you're going to go like this. That guy wasn't all that bad. And you're going to go, well, he never won a Super Bowl. Well, shit. Did Hurts? Did Lamar Jackson? Did Josh Allen? Did Joe Burrow? You know, you, you sit there and throw shade on those on certain guys, but you have to also look at the rest of the league. There's how many quarterbacks? That's a great comment right now. How many quarterbacks in the NFL that are active right now that have won Super Bowls? Let's see. Mahomes, Stafford. Mahomes, Stafford, Rodgers. Flacco, Wilson. There's five guys, five quarterbacks out of 32 that have won Super Bowls. And Flacco's not really a starter. Flacco will be a backup in Cleveland. So there's four starters in the NFL that have won Super Bowls. And you think that's an easy, like, oh, this guy hasn't won. No shit. No shit. Absolutely. Carson Wentz. There you go, baby. Isn't that funny? Carson Wentz has a ring. Hurts doesn't. It's a shot. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's like, you know, I take shots at Hertz and Tone takes shots at Sirianni. So it's kind of compatible here. It's kind of, it's kind of even here a little bit here. So Foles is not in the league. Okay. 
Nick Snot in the league. All right. Vic Fangio is going to have to work with Howie Roseman on getting a particular linebacker in. He likes a cover two guy. And I'll give you an example so that it'll make it easier for you to follow along. Guys like Ryan Shazier are guys that that kind of model. Guys who can play the run. You don't have to be overly exceptional at either skill, but you have to be able to do all the phases, fill gaps, cover tight ends, cover backs. And if you have to get back in deep third, you have to do that as well. You have to cover the hash mark. And if you can't, you're going to have a problem again for the third straight year. That's been a problem. You've never had really skilled linebackers. In the three years that I've covered the Eagles, you've never really had a skilled backer. TJ could play the run, but wasn't good in tight ends and covering the seam, which means the hash marks. He wasn't very good at it. He was okay at it, though. So you got away with it. And your D-tackle play wasn't horrible. Because you know what? Hey, think about the difference between the 22 D-lineman and the 23 D-lineman. Think about this for a second. You guys were pretty good against the run at the beginning of the year, right? Correct? Even though you were really good against the run, it had no effect in your pass rush. And the pass rush affected the secondary. And at the end of the day, nobody cared that you were ninth for a little while or third or first against the run. Because you know why? At the end, it wore out because teams stopped running it. And when they stopped running it, they, they, they couldn't stay and maintain it. The passing game wore out your run defense. So to me, I think you need veteran tackles again. Go back to your model of 22. You need some veteran tackles to back up your young guys. So like Fletcher Cox, I'm not drafting a D tackle, another rookie. I'm not doing that. I'm going to look for a guy. And by the way, he doesn't have to be a frontline guy. He could be an older player that's now one dimension. Do you know what made Linville Joseph and Adama Katsu great? was that they were not the complete players that they were earlier in their careers. Oh, by the way, you see Flexen? No DTs? You're out of your mind, dude. You don't have great linebacker play. You better have great tackle play. You see, again, you don't know how to build a defense. You can't have your defensive tackles fall apart and think your linebackers are going to pick up the mail on that. They didn't, and they couldn't. And what happened? They ran the ball on you after week eight, down your throat, they ended up playing those safeties back because they were more concerned about getting beat with the plus 25. You had an open zone, and Reed Blankenship was turned around like he was a windmill. All of this is like an accordion. It's all got to work in sequence. And if one of those lines and levels is not, that's why he believes, Fangio believes, in balance along the lines. You don't have to be overly exceptional. But you have to have some sort of balance. Good D-line, good linebackers, good secondary. Not exceptional. What's this? It, when you play defense like this, good D-line, good linebackers, good secondary, you have an exceptional defense. 
I have an exceptional D-line, awful linebackers, below average secondary. You're not a good defense. And that's what the Eagles were last year. That's exactly what they were. They were good in spots, but not the right spots. And they didn't have balance and depth. Dude, you wore Josh Sweat out to a pulp. And you're going to go like this. Well, you know, he didn't really play all that well. I thought he had an exceptional year for what you asked him to do. You didn't help him. You didn't put him in a position to succeed. He had to play a thousand. Am I right? Josh Sweat almost played like a thousand reps. (laughs) Think about that. This guy almost played a thousand reps. Nobody plays a thousand reps. I mean, you put a guy in that position, he's going to be a lesser ball player. Okay? Let's see here. Deep players taught attack, and then in Fangio's D, they're expected to fall back. It kills their spirit. Um, Nothing's changing fundamentally. Unless you get better ball players and more pressure from your front four. That's why I want two experienced defensive tackles backing up um, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, and the two young guys. Get two veteran guys, man. And again, they could be older guys. They could be guys in their late 20s. Give them a couple million bucks. Put them in there. Okay? By the way, you know what the word is now? is that Jim Schwartz wants Fletcher Cox, which means this. The Browns are in serious need of wanting him to join that football team. They'll give him the $10 million. I'm not sure the Eagles are going to. And would he go to Cleveland? Jim Schwartz and the Browns want him. That's the word in the building there. Okay? Chris Jones is a free agent. They're not spending $25 million to $30 million on Chris Jones. Plus, Chris Jones is pumping up near 30. You're going to spend $30 million on a 30-year-old DT in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? I don't think so. As a matter of fact, I don't believe that there's anybody, as long as Howie Roseman is the coordinator of running the salary cap in Philadelphia, where you'll ever see a player in Philadelphia making more than $20 million defensively. That's not what they do. They're not going to spend huge money over there. Now, some would go, well, don't you think they should change that philosophy? They don't think it's them. They think if they hire better coaching, they'll get more out of trash cans. What they believe, Their philosophy is this. They believe that they can turn C, C students into B students and B students into A students because of the success they've had. What did I tell you in the first hour? One of the most important things that's a flaw in Philadelphia's mentality and how they build a roster every two years. They think they can build it through free agency. You can't. It's impossible because you don't have the latitude of the length of the contracts working in your favor salary cap wise. When you draft a rookie that plays right away, and you got three years on that deal, the luxury that you have in cap integrity and being able to use it that way is worth as much as the players succeeding and giving you production. 
You know what a grand like I, I keep telling you what a grand slam Milton Williams is. Milton Williams is a grand slam because he makes no money and he's productive. I mean, two things NFL GMs love to hear. He's productive and he don't make any money. Or you get a return on your investment when you're paying for big money, like Nick Boza. Okay, that solidify your defensive front. And again, there's more pressure on those guys like Aaron Donald. I mean, look, the Kansas City Chiefs paid Chris Jones $20 million, right? Did they get their return on investment? Well, yeah, they're in the Super Bowl for a second year in a row. Brett Veach and Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, and Andy Reid are going to go, well, shit, we weren't very good without him. And once we paid him, we turned our defense around, and our defense carried us a lot of the year this year when it came to winning. That's how you build this side of the ball. You don't have to get an exceptional guy at every level. You've got to just be good. Okay? you got to just be good. Get a couple veteran guys to back up your young dudes like you did in 22. By the way, the thing with Redick, um, I'm at a crossroads with him. Next year, I won't get the value for him because you're not going to have a good season. I don't think, hey, you think this is a one-year fix? How many people believe the Eagles are a one-year fix? I hear people on my network think it is. This is a one-year fix. (laughs) Yes. This is a one-year fix. You think you're going to change four guys in your secondary and two more line. You're changing six players. Your linebackers in your entire secondary, or you're bringing back your corners. And this is a one year fix. Is Jalen Hurts a one year fix? Is Hurts a one year fix? Picking blitzes up. Better feet, progression reading, and they're not going to run the ball as much. (laughs) It wasn't a one-year fix last year lends you to believe it's going to be this year. Better coordinators? Okay. True. Knowing your failures? Do they? Having a lame duck head coach? Doesn't help. Five star goes big sills, loves to hate on the Eagles. There's a lot to hate on them right now, guy. Shitty management, shitty coaching, 
shitty performance. What do you want me to paint it up as? A good-looking pig? What would you like me to paint that as? Hating on? Or telling you the truth again? Here, that's a good point, though, that he brings up. That's a great point. What is the good that the Eagles have? Very talented offensive football players. Very talented. Um, They got a quarterback that I – get this. I just said that about Hurts, but I will say this. If there's one guy on that coaching – there's one guy in that locker room that I think will turn this thing around, it'll be him. I don't believe the coach can. I don't know what the coordinators are going to bring. And I think this is going to be an interesting an, an, an interesting exercise. All that said, let's bring our friend Tone in. Big Sills, how are we feeling today, sir? Great. Tone, you think this is a one-year fix? The Eagles? Nope. 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 Not at all. Next question. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. But uh no, nah, it's not a it's the furthest thing from a one-year fix. You know, we went through the we went through the roster and some of the cap situations uh yesterday. Uh let's just start with the running back position. We got one guy, and we're not even confident about him. So that's that. The wide receiver position. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, after that, what? Nothing. The tight end position. Dallas Goddard can't stay healthy. We don't know what Grant Kakatera is. He's so a that's dude. That. And then uh, offensive line, is Jason Kelsey going to retire? Is he coming back? Uh, what's the plan at right guard? Is Steen the guy? Is Steen the guy? Is Cam Jurgens the guy if Jason just, Kelsey just retires? So there's a couple unknowns at the center and right guard spot as of right now. Um, I think Kelsey does come back, though, if I had to bet on it. I think he comes back. I just got this weird feeling. Um, but nonetheless, still unknowns at center and, and right guard. So that's that. D-line. Can this D-line get back to form? Can Jordan Davis play up to the level that we expect him to play? Right? Can Josh Sweat have a bounce back year? What's the contract situation with Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat? Will Fletcher Cox come back? You feel me? Yeah, Jim no, Clark. I mean, all um, these questions. Li- linebacker. Enough said. Linebacker. Uh, the DB room. Would we not agree the linebacker group in Philadelphia could be the worst linebacking group in 32 teams in the league? It's the worst linebacking group in all of football. I'm counting college. <laughs> the 154 squad. <laughs> 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 now, now, That's funny. Okay. Obviously, I'm being hyperbolic, but you know, still, the point is they suck. So I'll say this to you. I heard you say something earlier about Jason Kelsey. And I mm. loved it. And I loved it. And I and I kind of piggybacked off it. When he's going overboard about his love affair for Nick Sirianni, you were like, man. Because to me, it sounded like a guy who's making a transition into being a company guy and then a guy in the front office. And he sounded like, to me, like he was a company message. Like when you hear one of those readouts that Howie Roseman reads to you, when he gets a league message or they get a <laughs> message from the front office, 
I don't know about you, man. That's the first time that I saw Jason Kelsey not be genuine because nobody in their right mind thought that Nick Sirianni was a good coach the last two months of the season, nor did he have a pulse of that team. So when you say shit like that and you see what it is, I'll tell you something, Tone. When you make that transition from being a player, because you know why? I'll tell you the toughest transition you have. You have everything in your control when you're a player. You know why? You can go out and kick someone's ass. And you can, you can, that's where you, that's where your world is. You get to kick someone's ass and make your statement. When you go into the real world, you got to compromise yourself. You got to compromise yourself because you can't use your physicality anymore. You've got to use more of your smarts. Mm -hmm. You got to use right words. This is always shit that failed. My transition was harsh. It was totally harsh because I used words I wasn't supposed to. Right. Okay. I just, it was a hard transition for me. Mm -hmm. So when I hear a company comment and a company statement coming out of Jason Kelsey, it really took me and, 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 and took me off my heels a little bit. Cause I was like, man, that's the first time I saw that guy not being genuine. Yeah. I did. It, it, it's funny. I didn't think about it in the way you did. You know, my angle, uh, my angle was dog. We don't even know if you're going to be here or not. So how much stock can I put into your word about this man? But two days ago, he said he's not leaving the Eagles. Right. I, um, as a matter of fact, yeah, I think I think Rob brought that up earlier. When I, when he said that, I was like, wait, so is he going to try to like be more involved if he, if, if he doesn't play? Front office. And, right. So basically front office. So when you think about it from that perspective, it's very interesting, you know, especially when you laid out the way you did. But overall, for me, you know, my main premise was we – I don't even know if you're going to be here. How much How much of your word can I put stock in? I don't know if you're coming back. So um, that's, you know, that's where I was with it. I, I looked at it like, holy cow, here's Howie's new guy. <laughs> I mean, because, look, man, it's one thing to try to get a, and want to get into the management. And they want him. And by the way, do. I don't think it's a bad do. thing, but dude, don't, don't, don't. <clears throat> Don't hurt your don't hurt your integrity at the expense of the organization that constantly this past season hurt their integrity. You see, yeah. you 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 throw yourself into that pile of their lack of integrity. The way the coach lies, the way the GM lies, the way the organization never tells you the truth. Don't throw yourself into that because it kind of diminishes your integrity, in my opinion. And that's a guy that's built up fifteen years of integrity in that town. With his tough play, his great personality, how he is, his work ethic, all of that, you don't want to throw it away on guys who are constantly going to show you that when you work in the NFL, you're a liar. <laughs> you have to be a professional liar. You're like a car salesman. It's like politics. Got to be completely like politics. Got to be a professional liar. Um, you know, you know, my perspective is, you know, Jason Kelsey a, a, a few times he said that. Yeah, he doesn't think Nick lost the locker room. <laughs> and whenever I hear a player say that. He did lose the locker room. I find that, me personally, I find it hard to believe that Nick Sirianni didn't lose the locker room where you guys went one and seven in your final eight game stretch. And at the end of the year, you didn't look like you wanted to play. And all of you, and I mean all of them, Looked and looked entirely disinterested. 
looked like they were just ready for the season to ready for the season to end. Those gentlemen did not show up in that playoff game. A playoff game. They didn't show up in the games that mattered for the division. They didn't show up in the games that mattered for the conference. Each and every day and every week, Nick Sirianni is talking to the players, so on and so forth, meetings, um, film study, whatever it is. All these coaches are talking to these players. And that's the product. That's the result we saw on the field for the past seven weeks. And I'm supposed to believe that Nick Sirianni didn't lose the locker room. Help me help help make sense of that. You can't. Let me tell you, let me let me frame it like this. If you and I run a company and we have 20 employees, and our goal is for our employees to reach a one million dollar sales quota amongst all 20 of them, and we keep falling short of our quota. And I'm looking at these guys and I'm saying, why do we keep falling short of our quota? I'm delivering the message. I'm checking in. What's going on? I'm giving you guys the tools. I'm telling you guys what the answers are. Yet we're still not delivering on the quota. Either these guys, either these, either these employees aren't good enough, or whatever message I'm sending isn't resonating. So which the hell is it? Or tone ownership is tolerating it. Or ownership. You know what people haven't realized? Maybe Jeffrey Lurie likes what goes on. Expand on that. What do you mean? Okay. He really hasn't changed but one year since he's owned a team, a direction with Chip. The rest of it has been status quo. And why would he change now? That's an interesting point. How why about would... this? Take a look at the people that have been hired in the NFL. It's not that these guys are innovators. They're controllable. Every hire except Dan Quinn. Right. That's why That's why I look at the, the NFL landscape right now and I say, hmm, is this an Eagles problem or an or, or NFL problem? Boy, it made me think that too. I went like this. Holy shit, maybe Sirianni and the Eagles opened a can of worms here along with the way she, uh, Cleveland did with Stefanski and some of these other guys mm -hmm. and went with guys that they can control. You know the only guy that got away with that was? With Sean McVay. I was actually – I was literally about to say he's, he's the only, only guy that got away with that because he made – look, look. I think he's going to hire Ron Rivera as the coordinator in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like you're right. Most of these organizations they hire in these young guys, and they, you know they're 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 marketing they're marketing it saying that hey, these guys are young. Out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old, in with the new. They're yeah, you know they're the smart. Not what it is? Okay, all these guys that have been in the NFL for 15, 20 plus years, everybody's smart. It's a reason you're going for a younger candidate. It's the same thing in any business. If you have employees and they're old on the older end and you're paying them a certain amount, what you're going to try to do is replace them with someone younger that you can pay less to do the same job. It's 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 very simple. Common sense. It's very simple. Common sense. Remember this, Tone. Control. Younger people are more controlled. Control or Lombardi. You, I, I think I think all these NFL franchises are asking themselves that control right. or winning, right? Control or winning. I think the Chargers only has one Super Bowl, and I think the Chargers finally made their decision. That's correct, and a decision that since they bought that team from Gene Klein, and they have always. 
gone on the side of the general manager. Mm-hmm. When they blew that guy out, I went, holy shit. The Spanos family has an identity crisis in Los Angeles. They want to be relevant in the building. And now the Chargers, are you not with me on this? The Chargers with Jim Harbaugh are must-see television now. Of course. And you said something also about Jim Harbaugh. I don't want to get too far off what we're talking about, but you said something about Jim Harbaugh that was very interesting. You said, who, what quarterback did he develop, right? And I'm glad you said that because it made me think. It, it makes more sense why he took that Charger job. The quarterback's already developed. Correct. All you got to do is just what, what guy in Michigan? Now, he had Andrew Luck at Stanford. Right. And, and, and can we say he developed Colin Kaepernick? Can we say that? Yeah. So, you know, but I'm he, talking about a college but, 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 guy. But, but, but I know what you. I know. I know what you really mean, though. So, Michigan. yeah, he couldn't recruit a guy. Right. They the, the the scouting department gave him a guy. Right. Right. So again, you know, when it comes to this Philadelphia Eagles team, it's a it the control thing. It's it's league wide. Yeah. Um, I think that I think the Phil I think that I think the Los Angeles Chargers finally made their decision of what side of the fence they want to play on. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles, with their latest coaching decisions, are still straddling the That's fence. Right. They're still strapped to the GM. Because 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 if you look at the Vic Fangio hire and the Kellen Moore hire, from a distance you say, oh, they brought some experience in. But when you really pay attention to it, you kept the head coach. So you're still straddling the fence. Let me show you where – you're right. And let me show you here where a good GM – compromises himself or how he doesn't see we we're both in agreement how he doesn't compromise is that correct doesn't compromise himself yeah he doesn't compromise himself no linebackers no, no, no. running backs um having control of the team position coaches correct he doesn't correct. compromise himself yeah i don't believe he here's does, the sir. difference between howie roseman and ozzie newsome they hire brian billick and they hire john harbaugh and they put guys in the building that know how to build rosters and our coaches. And it kills me when I hear dumbasses say, well, let's say, you know, you know, he's more of a CEO kind of guy. Are, but John Harbaugh was a coach his whole life. <clears throat> that Harbaugh family are all coaches. Mike Tomlin coached with Tony Dungy right. and with Monty Kiffin in Tampa. They were in that organization that helped build the Bucks. Nick Sirianni hasn't built shit. You can't be called a CEO when you had no control over building your company. Mm. He's had no control. How can you call him a CEO, Tone, when he had no control on building the company? He parachuted in, and they put him uh, in a role. That's why at this point, when, when I hear people do bring up the CEO coach thing with Nick Sirianni, I always throw in the fact that, well, is he is he, clo- is he closer to Jason Garrett or – Jim Harbaugh, because if you he's ask me, Jason Garrett. he's Jason Garrett. He's totally he's Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Let me ask you a question here. With the hiring of Kellen Moore, mm-hmm. doesn't that expedite your expectations of Hertz more Absolutely. this year? That if this guy can't read the defenses, he can't pick up blitzes. He doesn't show better feet in the pocket, and he can't get guys open. Doesn't that – again, I'm not saying you make a move. By the way, when I say this, I'm not saying, 
what sales are you going to fire him after 2000? No, 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 no. But what I'm going to say is I'm going to start questioning if he's a guy. And I think that's entirely fair. Here's and, and here's my opinion on it, on it all. You know, when Keller Moore was hired and I was made privy that all his offenses have been number one or top five, you know, when it comes to responding to the blitz, my antennas went up. Immediately I said to myself, oh, Jalen Hurts is on the clock now because he struggled with that from 2021 up until now. Even in the year where he balled out, he still struggled against the blitz, but they had answers still. And let's be honest about this too. Even that year when they were balling, there were games sprinkled in there when the offense was sputtering. Oh yeah, and they had and they had no answer for the blitz. A lot of that Arizona game, remember? Absolutely. All we saw were all we saw were bubble screens all day, and they kept getting Devontae Smith blown up. I don't know how he survived that game, but he survived it. Um, the Colts game, they had a hard time responding to the blitz. That Colts defense was good, still is. Um, so I say all that to say. This offseason is going to be crucial, not only for Howie Roseman, not only for Nick Sirianni, but it's going to be crucial for Jalen Hurts because you're entering year four as the Philadelphia Eagles starter, and you're going to be entering year one as the franchise quarterback. So I say that to say, if he continues to struggle with the blitz in 2024, we know who the issue, we know where the problem is. We know we know who has the limitations because Kellen Moore has a proven track record of beating blitzes. And you hired the a, wrong guy. Then you hired the wrong guy also because what you did was you moved him further away from 22. And also, we were talking to our guy, Chris Franklin, from NJ.com, NewJersey.com. He covers the Philadelphia Eagles, does a great job. I appreciate him. Um I asked him about the Kellen Moore hire, and immediately he said, "You know, I was a little confused because I mm. felt like Cliff, I felt like Cliff Kingsbury made more sense because because if you hire Cl and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he basically said in so many words, hiring Cliff Kingsbury would mean you're leaning more into what Jalen Hurts does well. You're trying yeah. to maximize his skill set." Yep. Whereas though Kellen Moore, the, that hire indicates yep. you're trying to add on. Remember what I said yesterday to you, Tone? I said, are you hiring Kellen Moore to put him in the image you want? Or are you hiring Kellen Moore to go to Jalen Hurts' skill set? Now, I will say this, though, right? Because, you know, we talk about these coaches a lot, and you're real big on player accountability. Jalen Hurts has to ask himself, how great does he want to be? Because in my humble opinion, you don't get the greatness by continuing to do what makes you comfortable. That's my humble opinion. Now, some some may say, well, this is the this is sports. You want to always lean into a guy's strengths. Okay. But then the offseason comes. See, you lean into a person's strengths in the season. That's when you do that. Yeah. But when the offseason comes, it's time for you to get in the lab and expand your game. Absolutely. You know, in, you know, in basketball. Because okay, they're expanding ways to cover you. Ex ex exactly. Exactly. If the NFL was learning me, I have to learn the NFL. You get what I'm saying? So oh, completely. So 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 Jalen Hurts again. You bring in a guy like Kellen Moore who has a proven track record of beating the blitz. You better bet. You better bet your bottom dollar that Jalen Hurts is on the clock now when it comes to getting better. You're entering year four as a starter. It's time for you to step up. That's fifty million dollars a year, a quarter of a billion dollars being put in your pocket, Playboy. Uh, as far as as far as I'm concerned, this fan base, these people. They buy tickets, 
They buy these jer your jerseys. You know, they um they invest in your merch and all that kind of stuff. Um, you were Jordan brand. People rocking with Jordan more so because of you in the city. Um, not like people wasn't rocking with Jordan in the first place. But the bottom line is, Jalen Hurts. A lot of people, a lot of blue collar people invest in this franchise. The tailgating, everything about it. These people work hard to pay for these tickets. They were, you know, they work hard to get where they got to go see these games. They pay for parking. Jalen Hurts and the other professionals on that team. Do y'all part, and we'll do our part. So again, I'm not off. I'm not for just leaning into. I don't want Jalen Hurts to be an RPO quarterback his whole life. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for Jalen Hurts to elevate his game. I'm looking for Jalen Hurts to be a, a gunslinger back there. Think about what you said about the fans, though. And people don't understand it. Say the tickets average that you're getting a great ticket or 350 bucks, and you got a family of four. You want to know the average? That. That's a twelve hundred dollar ticket. You want to know the average ticket for a Super Bowl ticket right now? Ten thousand dollars. Get this. Think about it, Tom. When you go to when you go to Lincoln Financial next year, and you got a family of four, three fifty a pop. You're looking at $1,400 in tickets for a family of four. That's not counting $100 in parking. That's not counting Jimmy, Jerry and little Susie's banners that you buy them where you're talking another 150 bucks. That's not talking about the hot dogs and the burgers and the beers and the Cokes. You're talking about a $2,000 investment on a exactly. Sunday. Exactly, fourteen hundred dollars on your tickets for uh, three fifty per ticket. Four tickets, that's fourteen hundred plus one hundred dollars of parking. That's fifteen hundred plus another three hundred dollars that includes merchant concessions. Most people that's don't have that disposable income any longer. Come on. So again, when I see people on their day to day grinding, when I see when I see when I growing up in Philly, when I seen store owners sweeping 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 the front of their stores, and I see people walking up and down the streets with their Eagles gear. And I see people selling their pretzels and they and they waters and they water ice in front of the stadiums. Come on, man. That means something to me. That means something to me. When I yeah. see when, when I see people in my city, yeah. printing, you know, printing t-shirts, selling them on their tables, walking around the, uh, walking around the building, you know, trying to make a dollar, you know, to support their families. That's right. Meanwhile, these guys are making multi-millions doing their thing. And all we're asking for is for you guys is to elevate your game. Miss and me by with the that way, shit, play hard. And play hard. Effort. See, Philly's the kind of city, if you play hard and you grind, we love you forever. Yeah. We love you forever. And guess what? I believe Jalen Hurts has that mentality. But again, I'm as, 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 as many questions as I had about the Kellen Moore hire, when I really think about it in the bigger scheme of things, they trying to make that man great. Because, because Jalen Hurts needs to expand that skill set. He can't be an RPO guy in his 30s. He's going to have to start slinging that ball. It's Let just me go here with you now. I'm rocking. Listen, I'm pulling real quick, sales. I'm pulling for the city. The energy I give every day is about the city. It ain't about one player. It's about the city I came from, the city I'm born in. I ride for my city. So, therefore, I'm going to hold everybody accountable when it comes to it. Yes, you should. Um, are you more concerned about the relationship with Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore or Kellen Moore and Jalen Hurts? Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore, easily. Because, you know... I look, I, How is I look, that dynamic actually going to work? Especially when we all know Nick Sirianni is coaching for his job. I've, you know, me and I've talked to John McMullen about that quite a few times, and me and him are both on the side of this. Doesn't this 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 can't end well for Nick so Sirianni? When you're on the sideline, or you're in the booth, and you're Kellen Moore, and you're play calling, and you're situational play calling, mm -hmm. and Nick comes parachuting in with an idea. And he says no to it. 
is he going to have that autonomy to say no? Or is are they going to – like, what's the pecking order? Is Because Nick says, okay, well, this is now – they're going to have the – is he <laughs> going to interfere with this? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, because if I was the head coach, Tone, and you were driving me towards a loss, and I said this to you before, well, you know, got to tell you something. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to put the boat down myself. I'm not going to let you drive me down because exactly. Kellen Moore is going to be the interim head coach. Because again, when, when you put when you put Nick Sirianni in a situation where he's coaching for his job. How do you expect that dynamic to work with a guy like Kellen Moore, who you interviewed for the job the same time you interviewed Nick, but you ended up choosing Nick? And then you bring in the guy that didn't get the job and is your OC a few years later. And we're supposed to think Nick Sirianni is just safe and this is just a kumbaya session? <laughs> Come on, man. I can't. Yo, I ain't gonna lie my back. You get distracted. The live chat is hilarious. <laughs> the live chat is hilarious. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, wait, Tone. Dude, dude, seriously, man. I gotta I gotta I gotta hand it to LJ, man. His his stamina is spectacular. He's gonna he's gonna post twenty-five thousand. Hey, listen. My wife, my wife counted. He's gonna post twenty-five thousand times this year on our show. I mean, we gotta give him some. I gotta get him. Well, I gotta well, get him. Well, some. well, look, the only way you can have that kind of stamina is if you're used to using that hand, you know what I mean? That's the, <laughs> that's the only I hadn't way. thought of it that that's way, the, but since listen, you go there, yeah, the reason, I, I get the, it. The only way you can have the kind of stamina that uh what is it, RJ or MJ? What is it? Um or TJ? It's, it's more BJ. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the only way you have that kind of stamina is if you're you know, you you know, you keep the hand nice and greased up. You know, there's what I mean? only I'll say this about tone. <laughs> Let me say this about tone's takes because I've been listening to oh, him from the uh sports take to this thing. He's consistent across the board, even I'm, when I'm he's very, with John. He's he's dude. I'm very dude, you know what? Don't ever let anybody tell you any shit. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh no, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Listen, my resume. You know, because remember something. You know what they want you to do? They remember they're standing on a little anthill, right? And they want you to recognize them and see what you do is you act like their lord. Eventually, you do this. I acknowledge you. Kiss the ring, <laughs> and they could kiss the ring, and then you send them back to their corner with their little dunce hat. <laughs> and that's all you do. It's all good because you know why? That guy will be here tomorrow, so oh, you can course, insult him no, all you of want. Course, of course they will. That's why. Yeah, I that's why. See, you can insult that guy it. LJ all you want because he'll be here tomorrow. Because you know why? Right. When he goes to bed at night, he doesn't reach over for his wife. He reaches over for a pad, going, "Oh, I got to write this down for Silio." Or he reaches over for a sticky magazine. <laughs> sticky magazine. All right, let me let me let me get to something that's actually. Oh, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me. What do you? Oh, what are you going to do with Nicobe Dean? Uh, make him work for it. Simple as that. Make him work for it. Oh, and also, I make sure he eats his Wheaties and eats his vitamins because clearly, um, the calcium is low. And you know what? I might have him eat some of like um, Jack and the Beanstalks beans or something <laughs> too, man, because he needs to grow a couple inches too, man, because he's All not right. quite the biggest guy on the planet. Or I might get him some high heels or something. I don't know, man. Some man, or something. I don't know, man. Wrap him in bubble dude, wrap. You, dude, you can't start him. Hell no. Hell but no. they're going to. They, they honestly need to make that young man work. They actually need to make that young man work. 
because it's no way. <laughs> what you Yo, think? What you think you were gonna my, come to this show and you're gonna have it easy? <laughs> no, no. It's, no it's, I always know what I'm walking into with this show. Oh but, yeah. But I don't think people realize that. Oh yeah. They're paying to insult us. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. No, me too. Oh my I god, respect. are you kidding me? I love LJ. No, actually, I do appreciate LJ. I do too, man. You can't have that kind of stamina putting the money that he puts up right like he does all the day. And puts oh, his man. puts his get this. Like I said, watch his tone. Okay, so my wife says it's 30 posts an hour. 30 person? <laughs> yeah, so that's 60 over two. So 120 a day times five. LJ a legend, man. He's a legend. Hold on. That's six. That's 600 a week. LJ's that's a legend. 1,200. Watch this. That's 1,200 posts every two weeks. And every month, that's 2,400. <laughs> Over 10 months, that's oh, 24,000, which means 30,000 times this year, LJ's going to donate money and he's going to post and tell and say, call you Tone Cilio. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> LJ's a legend for the fact that, you know, he gives great takes. You know, he's he he's, a, he's a he's a smart individual. Best believe that. And look, if he wants to keep giving us his allowance, it's perfectly okay with me. <laughs> That's his condom allowance. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm I'm to, listen, I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 totally cool with him giving us his allowance. I'm totally cool what did with you it. you post though? What's this thing over here with the cap numbers here? What do you got? What do you got over here? I was I've been looking at that the whole time. What do you got? What do you got down there? Oh no, I just got it queued up ready in case we talk about the money because you oh, know, go go to AJ because you know what? Hey, wait a minute. Tell me but, wait, tell him before you bring it up. Yes. Let me ask you this. Why does everybody got a shit cow with this AJ Brown talk? I don't know. Because people hear what they want to hear. I guess because if you know, I've been getting ripped about it, but I've been trying to make it clear to people, and I feel like I don't, I don't know how slow I need to say it. I don't want to trade AJ Brown. I don't want to trade AJ Brown this year, or next, I don't want to trade him. But I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles as a team that has a lot of holes to fill. Like here, I mean, watch this. Yeah, who do you think has a better roster right now, the Cowboys or the Eagles? The Eagles. I mean, I'm sorry, my bad. The Cowboys. The sure. Cowboys do. Now, do the Eagles have a better offense? Yes, but they're top-heavy. They're top-heavy, and also, regardless if we think the Eagles got a better offense or not, who's getting the most out of their players? And it's the leading Cowboys to wins. A better roster across the board. Yeah. Well, look, look, hey, you're better probably in the D-line than them, but not by a bunch. Not by a mile. They got better linebackers. That's not hard. Better better safeties, better, better corners. Yeah. And you know what? I'll even go here. They got they're deeper than us. They're deeper. Watch it. That they're deeper. They're deeper. Now, again, my contention was on the trading of Brown was, okay, look. But then there's a dilemma is Howie the guy. And I'm going to go into what I'm going to say here about what Nick Casario did. Mm-hmm. You see, the problem that you have with Howie versus Nick Casario, who's the general manager of – the Houston Texans. Do you know what the glaring difference is between those two guys? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No, what is it? Nick Casario is not a capologist. He's a personnel guy. He comes from the personnel department. That's why when you look at the draft choices that he brought in to the Houston Texans this year, he's a football guy. He hit on all of that. all the talent in New England mm-hmm. when he was up there and took over for Scott Pioli. Howie is perpetrating himself or portraying himself as a football personnel guy. I said it earlier. He, he needs to know his limitations. That's my and that's opinion. okay. I, I don't know why he feels like you think he'll ever get to that and go, you know, let's let's bring someone in on the pro. You see, they should they changed the whole coaching staff. You know what they should have changed, Tom? They should have changed who's in charge of your college scouting. Here, here, here's the thing. I'm I'm willing to argue this. I'm willing to argue that the Eagles scouting department isn't the problem. I think whenever they send their information to Harry Roseman and they go through it and the scouts say, look, these are the guys that we think you should prioritize. You think he vetoes it? Without a doubt. I think, I, I honestly think when he, I honestly think he gets the list of players. Perfect example, Jalen Rager. How do you justify drafting Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson? How? One player had one of the most historic college seasons we've ever seen. One guy did not. <laughs> Are you drafting him ahead of him? You know what? You How know do what? you justify it? When I look at positions like that, and this is going to be a really big draft for these guys, I totally look at conference, school history, who's been in the league that's mm-hmm. like Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, Bama, Georgia, um, Oregon. You look at programs like that and you go, man, those people put wide receivers in the league. Right. I'm not drafting a wide receiver out of, out of TCU. TCU? Can what? you name me one other guy in the history of TCU that was a wide receiver that was drafted in the first round? I what? can't. I, I, I can't. That guess was what? great in the league. The Chargers drafted that wide receiver out of TCU last year, Quentin Johnson. And guess what? He's a drop machine. Dude, I would never draft anybody out of that thing. Not a wide receiver. You know, I, I, I just, I mean, I look at that and I go, so what was the redeeming thing that you saw over Drager, over Jefferson? Is it because you thought Jefferson played with Burrow and all them guys? And those it wasn't, guys, that's not it wasn't a phys- bad it, thing. It, it, it couldn't have been physical traits. It couldn't have been. I mean, you see what he did this year? He got hurt most of the year. He had 12 had games. He had 1,100 yards. That's insane. That's insane. So he was on pace for like almost 2,000 yards himself. If he was healthy. 
I bet he would have put up two K. Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 Tone, going into this mm-hmm. and building this defense up with Fangio, I said this: you don't have to be spectacular at any level. You can be good at every level to give you a really good defense. What you can't have is you're shitty at all of these. Like you can't be, well, we're pretty good here at D tackle. We're not very good at linebacker and we're not good at all in the secondary. You're never going to retool that defense that way. So I would say this is Fangio going to have more say in the personnel that he's going to look for to being able to bring in, or is that still going to come down to Howie? Cause if that's the case, it's status quo. Exactly. You know, I w- I'm glad you said that. I want to bring this up for you because here's the thing. Look at this right here. So right. What we're looking at right here, Eagles fans, we're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles um, uh, roster in terms of how the cap and how the money is, di- uh, how the money is distributed amongst the cap. Um, on a per player basis. So, for example, Hassan Reddick, he has a 21.1, I'm sorry, 21.3 million dollar cap, cap hit, and it's 8.7% of the cap. So, my point in bringing this up is I want, I want to ask you, I want to ask you when it comes to these defensive players, we're going to go through each group. Look at this who is worth bringing back, investing in, who you want to move on from. That's th- that's where I'm at with you right now. I want I want to pick your brain based on that. And some of these guys we never ever heard of. So um, Graham's out. Gra- Gra- I don't think BG comes back. Graham's I, out. I don't think I don't think he comes I, back. I, I get this. It's not the money, even. I want the roster spot. It's the roster spot. You know, me and me and Rob said the same thing. It's not even really about the money. It's, it's about not. the roster. It's about the spot. Rob, need, BG's we, worth every cent of that, but as a player, he's not. Right. So you got Hassan Reddick, Joshua. Both of those guys are entering contract years. What's going to be the game plan with those two guys? Now, the market value for Joshua right now is $20 million per year. Right now, that's the estimated market value, $20 million per year. For Hassan Reddick, the estimated market value was $15.8 million. So are either of those guys... The value for Reddick is $15 million, and there's a cap of $21. That means he's starting to devalue. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people must look at the age. So you might want to start thinking about moving him. Yeah, I think people look at the age because if I, I believe if Hassan Reddick was twenty, I look at market value. Right, 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 right. But what I'm saying is, I think his market value is what it is because of his age. It, well, it can't. It can't be because of his production. Right, exactly. It can't be because of production because Josh Sweat has not produced like Hassan Reddick has yet. Josh Sweat has a higher market value on the open market. Reddick's losing his value. I'm dumping him. His value, listen, he's his average salary for the Eagles is 15 million now. His average market value is 15.8 million. He's losing value when your cap is 21. He's, when he's, your cap hit is 21 mm-hmm. and your market value is 15, you're undervalued. He's losing he he's he's, he's losing, losing value. value. Right. So, and you're right. It's got to be because of the age and also I would think because of his limitations. Yep, and the cap hit. So let's go down to the uh, – so we did defensive – let's go to D-tackle. D-tackle, you got Fletcher Cox. Well, we don't know if he's coming back, but – That's no money. By the way, how about the Browns want him? Listen, I think Fletcher Cox can get about – I think Fletcher Cox can get 15 from somebody. Maybe 13. Mm-hmm. You think 15 is pushing it? 
I do. I think between 10 and. Okay. I look at it like this. The first year he came. 13, something the first year, like that. The first year he came back with Philly on a one-year deal. Remember how they cut him and they brought 18. him back? It was it was 14. Was it 14? Okay. Yeah, it was 14 million. And then the and then the 2023 season, the season that just ended, it was 10 million. Yeah, See, what they, what, yeah, what they did was they fully guaranteed those two contracts. Yep. So he got 14 million in the pocket easily. Then he got 10 million in the pocket easily. So I think realistically, he may get between 10 and 14 on the open market. Is that is that reasonable? But I would I would I'll tell you this. Hey man, that Milton Williams also has market I, value. I want to get Milton Williams more reps. But you could also dangle him out there for a corner. Because let me tell you something, team like Dallas Cowboys or team like um, people that are always looking for interior D tackles, you'd want to move him to the AFC. Right. You wouldn't want to keep him in the NFC and especially in the NFC East. But if you're, if you're, get this, you see, you can't look at guys that are old and don't have value if you're trying to build and get draft picks. Milton Williams is an asset. Yeah, I Look like how young he is. Yeah, I like where the Philadelphia Eagles are from an age standpoint at DT. They are in a beautiful position. You got you got a thirty four. It fell apart. It fell apart because of conditioning and all that kind of stuff. So and they I get think the, experience. Yes, yes. Um, because a guy like Fletcher Cox knows how to ride an NFL season. And you know can what I mean? say something else? I think they made a coaching um, error by not starting Williams more. Hmm. But because Howie believes in his draft picks and those guys have to start, like we saw with N'Kobe Dean, Milton Williams faces the Eagle um, way of doing business, which is if you're wherever you're drafted, see, there's a class system in Philly. If you're a first rounder, you're playing and starting. No, no. If you're a first rounder, you're starting. If you're any other round, you're playing, but you're not starting. Yeah. Milton was drafted in the third round. So, an, and, and, and his, you could right. get a two for him. I think Milton Williams. Yeah, I think you very well, very well could. You get may like a, get a bottom one. Yeah, I, off of Milton, uh, I would say twenty-five to, years old, and PFF has him rated as one of the top producers for the amount of reps no, he gets. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But I'm, I'm looking at it from probably not a one tone, but maybe a not a one. I, I, I would say two? mid, middle two. I'm willing to. I'm willing to go that far. Yeah. I think you get a middle two from Milton. And it's a high-value position. Do I want to get rid of him? No. But, okay, do I get rid of a tackle so that I can get a linebacker or a corner? No, I can't. I can't see myself getting rid of a – I can't. For a starting linebacker or a starting corner? What's more of a priority on no, the team? A, a backup tackle you, or corner? No, no. When, when you say start, when you when you add starter to it, then yeah, I'm trading. Well, I'm not trading in for a bag of vittles. Right, 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 right. You know, if you if you add starter onto that, yeah, I'll trade. I, I, I would trade a player for a starting corner. I would trade Mill Williams for a starting corner. Remember, you got Fletcher still. Now, you're not going to get in. You couldn't get shit from Fletcher because of his age. Right. Okay, you're not getting anything. Williams is the guy, but Williams is going to be your swing guy. So are you looking at him as, see, the Eagles don't see him as a starter. They see him as their swing guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're Milton Williams, when's my contract up? Do I even want to stay in Philly? Milton Williams 
his contract. Oh, wow. Milton Williams is actually entering a contract year. So they're going to have to make some decisions. Let's look at this. He's Let's, not staying in Philly to back up those two. It's no way he can. It's, it's, it's no way he ends up. They're not going to be able to pay him his, his value. So I think Milton Williams, that that How about this, Tone? Do you agree? If Milton Williams went on the open market and free agency, someone would pay him $15 million. So look at this. These are the Philadelphia Eagles free agents heading into the 2025 offseason. So next offseason, these are going to be free agents. You got Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Kevin Byard. But I think they're going to cut Kevin Byard this offseason. So Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Avanti Maddox, Jake Elliott, Landon Dickerson, Milton Landon Williams. Dickerson's going to be a $20 million guy. Yep. The Raven Milton's Clark. going to be between 10 and 15. Um, the rest of those guys, nobodies. Right. A bunch of these guys are rotational tackles yeah. and guards. And, Kenny Gainwell, Kenny I could Gainwell. give a shit about. Right. Marlon two below two. They might re up him because he's yeah, a cheap, he'll be a cheap, a cheap guy. Uh Reed Blankenship, kind of Isaiah okay. Rogers. They got they these are a lot of guys he's they use. A bunch of practice squad guys. Yeah, these are a lot of guys they use. So they're gonna have to really decide how they're gonna how they're gonna you make this. You think that work. roster's deep? Not deep enough, no. Not deep enough at this point. Because when you look at it from top to bottom, you can go every position and say, wow, they need bodies here. They need bodies there. They need bodies at receiver. They need bodies at running back. I think they need another tight end. I um, think they need another D tackle. They need another veteran. I think they need another edge rusher. Um, they need a linebacker. I think they need two edge rushers. They need a lot. They need a lot. That's why, that, that's why they have to draft well. Look at those names on free. I'm like this. Man, those names are like – Practice squad guys, some of them guys. Right. And I, where, where's where's the depth of the team? Again, you know, again, look, when you're talking depth, there's a reason they're backups. I get right. it. And you know what? Telling people don't realize half the league is undrafted players for a reason. Right. Is you've got to balance your cap. Of course. Of course. But now, at, let, let me ask you this real quick. Day, you look at it and you're like, man, this is not just the defense. Do you, you have – you have so much that you need. You need multiple draft picks and money. They have done such a poor draft. This is what I. This is how I feel now after seeing all this. Their drafting poorly has caught up. Yes, it has caught up. That's exactly what it is. And it's caught up financially. Yep, I was talking to Rob Ellis about this earlier. You know, if you want sustained success, you can't keep. You build it through the draft. Building your team through free agency. You know, we brought up – I'm so glad we're here. I even went as far as to say that Super Bowl that we won in 2017, that window that we all were talking about, it was it, it was fiction. It was fool's gold. Yeah, because no because when, when you really look at the way that roster was built on both sides of the ball, that team was comprised of more free agents than anything. But that 17 team was built exactly like the 22 team. Correct. But the only difference is it's not sustainable. They had more. I think the 20, I think the 22 team had more drafted guys on offense. They did. But, but that but I think we, in the huddle, if I'm not mistaken, in the Super Bowl tone, I think the only guy that wasn't drafted was, was AJ. AJ. It was AJ. Look, listen to this. Because I looked it up. Alshon Jeffrey. Not drafted. I mean, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, not drafted. Uh, Torrey Smith, not drafted. I'm naming I'm naming the, the players off the 2017 no, Super Bowl team. Torrey Smith, not drafted. Um, 
Malcolm Jenkins, not drafted. Was that Rodney, Kim Wisniewski? Stefan Wisniewski, not drafted. Um, Brandon Brooks, our star right guard, not drafted. Um, even Jason Peters, an Eagles legend, not drafted. Uh, who else? Um, Timmy Jarrigan on the D-line, not drafted. Chris Long, not drafted. Um, uh, Nigel Bradham, the linebacker we had, not drafted. Uh, the cornerbacks, um, Ronald Darby, not drafted. You know what I'm saying? So why do, why do you think that that is such Jay a Jai, not drafted. LeGarrette Blount, not why, drafted. Why, why do you think that's such a major? Because it's not changed since the Super Bowl that they have not de- get this. Now that you say it, Tone. When it comes to this offseason, they're going to stay status quo of what they did in 17 and 22 because that's their benchmark on how to build a team. Because get this, they put so much faith in Howie Roseman. And what happens with Howie, he doesn't give himself any latitude because of the inability to miss in them drafts that gives him the fortitude to be able to spend money in other places that he's got to rebuild that team every two years. And the mistakes that they make in the draft, it financially catches up. And that's why when you see the team, you're like, look at the shit they put on the field this last year. Mm-hmm. That's why you're 4-11 three years ago. Exactly. So, you know, I look at this team and I say, wow. we we The, the Eagles, if – I've been forced to really look at this team objectively as of late. And I've been going deeper into the history books over the past few years since that Super Bowl about how we've been doing business. When you really look at it, the Eagles have been on borrowed time for a while. If if, if we're being honest, how they built the team, the drafting, the inconsistencies there, um, the, the, uh, the, um, the up and down nature of the coaching situation, the Philadelphia Eagles have been on borrowed time since they drafted Carson Wentz. I'm willing to make that argument. You cannot have sustained success if you're not drafting your players. Every time you draft a guy and you fail, you have to sign a guy in free agency. You're burning money. I, I, You know, I don't know why I keep always doing this. And to some people's points in here, you're right. It just seems to me that Jeffrey Lurie sat in his owner's box or in his castle, and he went, do I go Howie or Doug? I think Doug would have built the team for longevity, and that's what he probably had a cow with because you got to think if you're a head coach in Philly, you're never going to get the same team year after year. The further away we get away from that Super Bowl, the more I say to myself, I think we chose wrong. Get this. Think about it, though, Tone. If you're you're a coach like Sirianni or anyone that comes in here now, you're never going to get the same team year in and year out. And I know that that could be said about a lot of teams in the league, but your core guys, Mm -hmm. your rookie core guys, you don't have any. You don't. I mean – on defense, you don't have a Devontae Smith over there. We don't have a – we don't have a – no, you're right. You're right. I was, I was I almost said we don't have a Landon Dickerson on that side, but I was about to say we got Jalen Carter on that side. But but to your point, they well, don't really have – He becomes a leader and gets his ass in shape too. 
That's another thing, too. So we're banking on – see, that's the thing. On the defensive side, you're bank, it's a lot of unknowns still. Even with the talent at DT, it's still some unknowns. Will Jalen Carter continue to live up to expectation? Can Jordan Davis – um, you know, lay off, you know, lay off the uh, the hush puppies. You know what I'm saying? Like it's there's going to be there's a lot of unknowns on that defensive side. I asked Rob earlier who on that defensive side really is a core guy, a core guy. And me and him were scratching our heads like Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, maybe like, you know, Josh Sweat. We don't know because his his contract is pretty much up after this after this season coming. It's do just, we agree? Do we agree? The biggest miss and the biggest person that they missed this offseason is Steichen. Player, coach, because you know why? Your quarterback regressed, your offense regressed. And get this you put up numbers. How do you contradict? How can you contradict it like this? They were like eighth and ninth in scoring or something like that. Yeah. Every receiver pretty much down the board had career years or career numbers in certain categories. Right. The quarterback had career numbers and categories. The back did too. And yet you looked at it and you went, we fired the entire right. coaching staff on offense. And even the defense, and you win 11 games, you fired the entire coaching staff. It just, man, it doesn't I doesn't right. Have you ever seen anything like that where you win 11 ball games and you've won 25 games in two years and you fire your entire staff? I think, no, I haven't. But I also think it was how they got to that point, right? See, that 11 and 6 record wouldn't have been a problem. See, the Chiefs' 11-6 record looks entirely different than the Philadelphia Eagles' 11-6 record. You want to know why? Because they never lost five games or four games in a row. They had spots and sprinkled in there. But, again, if those six losses that the Eagles had were sprinkled around, let's say they lost to Miami or, you know, and, and they, they, they lost to Dallas. They split with Washington. Okay, that's three losses right there. Let's say they lost to San Fran. That's uh, that's four losses. They lose to I don't know the Rams. That's five. Like if they if they sprinkled those losses around, we would feel totally different about this situation. Would we not? Oh, completely. They lost their final what five game? They, they lost were to the Seahawks. Seven and whatever they were from the bye, they were horrible. They were one and seven from Seattle on. Yeah, right. Through through the Bucks. Right. So. When I when I see that, how can I look at that? How, how, a championship how can I, team doesn't lose. Championships like teams don't do that. No. That's not a Super Bowl contender does not do that, or can even come back from something like that. So again, that eleven six record, it all. That's why I always say all interceptions, all records, are not created equal. They're not. Like that's a great that's a great comment there, Pi. You think one and seven's a trend? I thought we all, well, we always say three games is a trend. Yeah. So why so one and seven is They're definitely trending? That's a trend. Okay. Are these coaches going to eradicate that trend? But they fired the old ones. Let's see if Kellum. I can't definitively say that. But you know, we always say we got to see how it goes. 
You know, you're bringing these. All right, I'll put you this way: Is Kellen Moore a high quality hire? Yeah. Yeah. Is Vic Fangio a high quality hire? Yeah. Yes. Now, are they great hires? I don't know yet. But okay. it's quality. Here, here, how about this? I don't know if that's the right word. How about this? Are they compatible hires? I can roll with that. Because do they fit with what they do and what you want on both sides of the ball? Because remember, Tone, you could be a great coordinator in Baltimore and a shitty one in Chicago mm-hmm. because of the personnel and the way they do business above you. All of this has to be taken into consideration. When, when you go, I'll take Bill Belichick. Well, how is that going to work? Because Bill t- showed you. Well, I'm not walking into a place where you're telling me and giving me shit that I don't want and I don't need. That's not going to work for me, so I'd rather not have the job. And Bill Belichick and Vrabel are right, and Carol are right to do that because you know why? You're not going to feed into my failure if there is failure. I'm going to fail on my own accord here. And those guys, like you said, of Carol and Vrabel and Belichick, do you notice? Those guys have built the equity up to say, fuck you. That's they why I think do that. That's why I think those new those OCs that were going to get jobs like Bob like, like Slowick and uh Gerard Johnson and uh what was the other guy that was Ben Johnson, right? Yeah. I, I honestly think that okay, sure, was it about money? Maybe, but I think the real gripe was I'm not gonna sacrifice my reputation that I'm trying to build if you're not gonna allow me to follow my own sword in this, you know, in, in the in this situation. Can I tell you what Chris Spielman told me about Johnson in Detroit? What happened? Okay, Chris Spielman's one of my closest friends. He works in management with the Lions. And this is what he said. He goes, was it really about money? He goes, hey, he asked for 14 and a half million bucks. It wasn't 16. And I go, well, I'll pay Carball that because he's 44-19 in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Went to a Super Bowl. You pay that because you want that. He goes, however, he put that number out there for this. You know why? And And it was smart and brilliant by his agent. He wanted to see who was going to take it seriously. Correct. If if Washington was going to pay him that money, you're not paying him that money to bring him in to be a figurehead head coach. Exactly. You're bringing him in to give him a lot of say. Um, Dan He's Campbell not- gives him a ton of say, and he runs that entire offense in Detroit. And so he threw that number out, Tone, not to be an asshole. Right. He threw that number out to see if Josh Harrison and them were serious. Hey, if you're really serious, you'll pay that. Right. And I think that's a great approach, especially if you value yourself. Exactly. You know what I it is? Like that. Because you got coaches out here that would just take any head coaching job because they want Correct. to be a head coach. And guess what? These new what I what I took from it is again, it, it'd be different if it was just one guy. It was three guys. Gerard Johnson, Ben Johnson, and Slowick. They all, all those guys were hot names and they decided to go back to their respective organizations. I look at it like this. I think these new coaches or these new crop of young guys are saying, no, fuck the trend. These owners are not going to control my destiny. You know, I think that I, I think this was a microcosm of these guys fighting back to the system that you know that we're talking about, that these organizations value control more so than actual production and winning. You I don't think actually think they, you don't think John Schneider and Seattle is giving up control of personnel with the job that he's done retooling that team since they got rid of Russell Wilson for um, a guy like Dan Quinn going, you know, Dan Quinn wanted to say, and he's like, that's, you're right. not going to be. And then they just had Pete Carroll. Like you, like they don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Well, Dan Quinn would have been Pete Carroll 2.0. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but, but, you know, my point is like they moved over Pete because obviously 
they they felt like they wanted to go in a different direction philosophically when how their front offices ran. And I think all these young head coaches are saying, look, ownership, front office, say what you want. You want me to you want me to coach and fix this team or not? Because you're not going to bring me in here and I have no say so what's going on, and then you're going to fire me when things don't go right. I think these new coaches are fighting back. Can I tell you why there were more defensive coaches hired than there were offensive coaches this year? I heard you guys talk about this. Yeah, why do you think? Yeah, me and Rob didn't really figure out why. We were okay. trying to um, offense was down this year. Scoring offense, was down. Offense was down this year. That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Okay. That's possible. And so you didn't see a guy, they didn't have a 5,000 yard passer this year. That's true too. Okay. So what you had was, Tone, you had defensive guys catching up with these big time quarterbacks. And these big time quarterbacks, all of them struggled at particular times of the year. Josh mm. Allen struggled. Al Mahomes struggled. Mahomes struggled. Um, the, only, the only quarterback we probably could say really didn't C-Tech. struggle. See, C- you know why? They didn't have a book they film. On they didn't have a book on them. Correct. That's why the follow-up season is going to be interesting. You bet. You know what? And that's why he really flourished. Who the fuck is this guy? Okay, you didn't have film on him. You know, that's a little bit about Hurts last year, too. But here's you the difference. Fi- you didn't have film on him. But, but here's the difference, though. Jalen Hurts, he gave you a full year, a full year of film in 2021. Same coordinator. It, probably, same- it blew the coordinator's minds and how much he developed the problem. And then – and then in 2022, right. So then in 2022 was the breakout year. So yeah. you know, you know, by that by that logic, right? In year two of you starting, the league should have a better book on you. But for Jalen Hurts in year two, he took the league by storm. And I think that's roster, because and I think that's because the league still underestimated him. The roster, though, caught up to um the predictability because as you say, well, shit, man. The most targeted wide receiver in the NFL was AJ Brown, and then you had Devontae and then nobody else. So you're going to those two guys. I didn't have to cut. Do you actually think that I would cover any one of those other guys? Right. Dude, I wouldn't give a shit about you know it. So crazy? You became predictable in that. The Eagles didn't even have, like, that, that's what's so annoying about the Philadelphia Eagles. They could have avoided this. Completely. But they leaned into being predictable and made it easy for the league. The league should have never caught up with them. No. Should have never. But they made it easy because Nick Sirianni didn't evolve the offense. And – and here, here's what you have with management, too. I'll tell you these owners. Isn't it crazy that the owners now in the league are more rock stars than the head coaches are? Back in the day, you had Buddy Ryan. You had Johnson. You had Dicka. You had Gruden. You had all these big personality coaches. You don't have those guys anymore. You have these bookworm CPA kind of guys who work with the analytics department in the front office, and now you know what you're going to get? This is what you get when you get these young guys, okay? Innovative, defensive-minded guy. We're going to bring a coordinator in, and on that side of the ball, he's going to be like two head coaches. You see what they did here? They're splitting these the head coaching. They've actually diminished it in a way because guys like Sirianni, you're, not, you're actually driving the prices down of guys like Belichick at 28 million. You know why? Bill is the head of head of personnel. He's the head of the football team. And when you do this, you know hey, what Nick, you're describing? You don't really have a job. But here's six million. You know what you're I don't describing? have to pay these guys $25 million anymore like I have to pay Sean Payton. You know what you're describing? What you're describing is called a separation of powers. Yes. What they're doing is they're separating building, the power and I own you all. They're baking in 
checks and balances for every single person. You see, instead of giving, um, instead of giving one person access to A, B, C, and D, what they're doing is they're hiring four people. One person has access to A, one person has access to B, one person has access to C, and so on and so forth. Keeping costs down. And they're keeping costs down and keeping everyone in line because everybody has to answer to somebody. It's very smart. It's control. But I think, but I also think these new crop ahead coaches peep that. They understand that and they say, nah, I'm not taking a job just because you think I, I need it that bad. I'm not taking a job just so you can just blame me for whatever goes wrong and I have no control over the situation. You see, so, these younger coaches are from that environment. They're from that environment. Vrabel and, they, and, Carol, and they see it. They've worked in it and they came from it because mm -hmm. they've worked with analytics. They've worked like like look look at look at the Rams and look at Raheem. Raheem was given total autonomy of the defense by Les Snead and Kevin Demoff with the Rams and with Sean. And mm -hmm. that was something they did. Atlanta went, wow. So Raheem will run the defense. We'll help him hire a great offensive coordinator. We'll draft the quarterback and we'll go from there. Raheem's gonna have say but he's not going to have the final say in what quarterback gets drafted in Atlanta or if they make a deal to bring Cousins in because the right thing for Raheem to do is get a stopgap guy in there. Get a Teddy Bridgewater in there. Get a, a Kirk Cousins. That's going to cost you some money now, Cousins, because he's going to have a four at the beginning of his number. Yes, yes. yes. Speaking of Teddy, he, uh, he's retiring. So Oh, he's retiring? Okay. Yep, yep. But somebody but, but, like but, that. But your, but your point still stands. I believe that Atlanta – me and Rob talked about this, and tell me what's your thoughts on it and how and how feasible it is. Do, could you see Russell Wilson playing in Atlanta? Um, Now, remember, we know he doesn't go anywhere Sierra doesn't want to go. Sierra, born and raised and from Atlanta. Is that an option? I don't – What's the cap space? Let's find out. Because the cap space, when when you when you put the top teams with cap space, those will be your destinations for Russell Wilson. Okay, that that will be where you. Hey, it's great to say I'd love to see him in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh doesn't really do that. Exactly. But if Pittsburgh have cap room. They might entertain that because I think they're a quarterback away. So as of right now. The estimated yeah, who are the top five space. teams? So the well, so the estimated cap space for the Atlanta Falcons is twenty nine point eight million. Estimated cap space going into twenty twenty four offseason. Okay, that's not counting restructuring and players not coming back. So you're probably going to be around thirty five. Yeah, it's possible. You're going to need eighteen for your draft. You could make that move for Russell Wilson there. But does that give him a chance to win? It's a shitty division. You're in the NFC. You're back in the NFC. Mm -hmm. um, is there a better option? What's another team with a big cap space? Uh, let me see. Because Wilson's gonna Wilson and Cousins are gonna help somebody. Tone. Agreed. They're gonna help somebody. All right, let's see here. So 2024 NFL salary cap tracker, all 32 NFL teams ranked by cap space. So here we go. 
All right, okay, here we are. I'm gonna pull this up for you. And I got this. I got this from PFF. Good, good. They're pretty. They update their. They update their stuff every um, hours. All right, here we are. Let me wow, zoom in. the commanders in Washington. All right, there we and go. And Dan Quinn has worked with Russell. Could Holy Russell Wilson? End, could Russell Wilson end up? You know what? What Russell Wilson in Washington? That may work. That may work for the simple fact that, like you said, Dan the the, the, the Dan Quinn connection, but also, I think Josh Harris and Magic Johnson. I think they're trying to make a splash. I think they're trying to reinvigorate interest in that in that organization in that city. I think how Sierra. How about Sierra? Now, will she go for Wash? Will, will she go for Landover? A black quarterback in D.C. The last one they had was what? Doug Williams? RG3. RG3, excuse me. RG3. RG3. My apologies. So, all right. Commanders have the most cap space, 73. That's a great, that's a great landing spot. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Who else? Titans, 71.8. Texans, 60. Yo, the Texans are going to kill it this offseason. Oh, I my tell you this? God. Watch this. That's how it's supposed to look. Can I tell you this? See, That's right. That's what the Eagles are supposed to look like. Okay? That's right. Let me the show you something here what the Texans can do. Texans bring in Mike Mike, um, Mike Evans. Put him Ooh, on the other side of that would be Collins. That would be nasty. You know, as a matter of fact, who, what are the free agents for all wide receivers? Let me check that out real quick. Free agents. Well, Diggs is going to be because they're going to release him. Diggs, Diggs could very well be a free agent. All right, so here we go. Off positions, wide receiver. Yo, the Texans are sitting pretty right now. They are so ahead of schedule, and I love it. So as of right now, okay, so you got Mike Evans on the market, Odell Beckham, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Cedric Wilson, Kendrick Bourne, DJ Chark, uh, Jamal Agnew. Odell um, Beckham made $16 million last year, and he had a, no good, he had a shitty year. You got Calvin, we got Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, uh, Van Jefferson, Sterling Shepard. There's a lot of names that Houston can go through. Okay, let's say he, let's say Houston can't get their hands on Mike Evans, right? Let's just say that they can't. You still, you still, you still can make a play for T. Higgins. You can make a play for Tyler Boyd. You can make a play for um, Marquise Brown if you want to add him. But I think they already got a guy like him, so I think they, I think they need a big body. I think Houston needs a possession receiver. They got look a lot of fast guys. Tone. Tone, look at this for a second. The Titans yes. have $65 million in, in cap space, and they have $13 million, almost $14 million in dead money. That's, That's insane, insane that. That's insane. They, I mean, they have a mountain of money to spend, and they, they still have dead cap money like that on your books. Look yeah. at the Cardinals. Look at now, the, the Lions. Cardinals, Mike Evans. Look at the Lions. Dude, they were but just now. Here's wait, golf's deals up. Oh, so what's the what's the what's the play? What's the play with him? Hey, golf steals up this offseason. Okay. And oh. do you believe they bring him back? Oh, you're right. He's gonna be an unrestricted free agent. How much money are you paying Jared Goff? How much money am I paying Jared Goff? Okay, so right now he's making am I paying him more than am I paying him more than Jalen? Okay, 
Jared Goff has an average salary right now of $33.5 million. That's the deal that they signed back in the Wednesdays. Right, right. I think I think Goff is going to get a minimum of 45. 45 for a guy who's thrown for four grand in the last six years, 30 touchdowns, turned around Lions football. Well, I that's what well, that's what I, that's what I said. Minimum, a minimum. But I think I think he can scratch 50. He can scratch 50. You'd pay Kyler Murray more than him. W- would I? No, because golf has shown an ability to win. So Daniel Jones will make more money than Jared Goff. How much is Daniel Jones making? 47? 40. 40? Oh, then I, I think golf is going to make okay. If Daniel Jones is making 40, golf got to make 50. So when you so when you think about it that way, actually, let's okay, let's look at the market value here. The estimated wow, really spot rack? So you, you this is gonna shock you. Uh, uh, apparently, spot rack or spot track, however you want to describe yeah. it, they have an an estimated average annual salary of 37.4 million for Jared Goff. That number seems like it should be higher, doesn't it? How old is he? 29. Okay, tell me how much can can you can you look at uh Kirk Cousins on what they say his market value is? Yeah, sure can. 37 million for Jared Goff. I'm doing that all night. Sure sure will. Okay, so Kirk Cousins. They have his estimated market value at 39.3 million annually. 39 million annually. And Jared Goff at 37 annually. I think golf is getting, I think golf is getting north I of 40. Golf getting 45 to 50. Yeah, I think golf, I think golf and cousins are getting north of 40 million dollars easily. Man. Could you see Atlanta making a play for Kirk Cousins? Oh, completely. Absolutely. Because Raheem knows Raheem had a shitty quarterback in Tampa, and I told him, I said, dude. You hung your hat on the Kansas State kid. There was a guy, I forget his name, and he had one decent year his first year, and I go, I don't know. They drafted him in the first round. I did the draft show for the Bucks from Raymond James. I had the kid, I forget the guy's name they drafted in the first round, and Raheem had him, and Raheem goes like this. Yeah, oh, the kid, he goes, yeah, you know, he's got a lot of growing up to do. And I was like, you know, I – Saw a lot of good things, but I didn't see a lot of good things. Right. And he right. needed to really have Josh Freeman. That's it. Josh Freeman. I remember him. They that drafted him. Quarterback. And they, they drafted, drafted him, him out of, what, was it Washington or? No, K-State. Kent State. K- no, Kansas oh, State. Kansas State. Kansas State. Kansas State. Kansas State. Excuse me. Kansas State he came from. Kansas State. Shit, he might have played with Barrett. No, he ain't played with Barrett. No, I no, don't too, think so. Too, yeah, he nah. was after him. No, nah, Barrett too old. Okay. Yeah, Bear came in the ninety. You're right. This right. early two thousands. Oh man, but With Josh uh, Freeman, man, and then the next year he just completely imploded on himself. He, d- he like, imploded, and, and then was, Josh Freeman, uh, he was drafted by. Where did he go? At was he drafted by Tampa Bay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He now, that that was Raheem's that was Raheem's quarterback. Okay, got you. Now listen to this. Look at the Eagles cap situation. 20.2 million. Now, granted, they only got 4.2 million in dead cap money that they got to worry about. So that's not that bad. That's that's good. That's really good. 
So, but the Eagles right now, only about they're going to have between sixteen to twenty million in cap space. Where where do people come up with this twenty eight million when they said I was wrong? I said it was twenty. Where where um, they come up with twenty eight million? I'm not sure where twenty eight million was at. Let me let me look and see. But I don't recall seeing twenty eight million anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I was like, because I look, I, I I get the rundown also from the NFL PA. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I said that they have twenty million in in um, cap space. 18 of that's going to be allocated towards the draft. So I you're think a million bucks to play around with. I don't know. Maybe it changed once they made some of those trades in the off in, during the midseason, but still 20 million is where they're at. I'm trying to think what can they do with 20 million dollars? Let me go here with you on this. Let me let me say this. Mm-hmm. If if I'm Philly, I have to restructure Hassan Corners. You think AJ Brown would restructure his contract if he gave him money up front so that you could get an additional $25 million between those four players and you can have some latitude to make some moves? If he's the person I think he is, yeah. If he's the person I think he is, yeah. Especially if you say, look, we're not taking money from you. We're just trying to move it around. We're going to give you your money more so up front. And anytime you give him the player, typically that's the selling point for guys when you restructure. Wait, we're not changing. We're not taking money. We're just moving it around so we can give you more upfront, so we can make some more room on the back end for people. Guys typically roll with that. Absolutely, Tone. I thank you, my friend. By the way, tomorrow no, we will. Have we got a snack on- show tomorrow. Oh, we're packed tomorrow two thirty. We have Ron Jaworski, Tone at three thirty, Meryl Reese at four thirty. And Philly Godfather, who got killed, I have to think, with the Ravens stuff. Hey, between the Cowboys and the Ravens. Yo, didn't he put up like 10 grand for the Ravens? I thought it was 15, but hey, who's counting? Hey, who's counting? Who's yeah. counting? Right when you're the Godfather, who's counting? Absolutely, man. Tone, great stuff, my friend. Yes, sir. You got it, our good friend Tone. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Big Sales National Football Show. Appreciate it very much. Thank you guys for coming aboard with us here. Don't forget, like I said, tomorrow, Ron Jaworski at 2.30. Our friend Tone at 3.30. We will have Merrill Reese at 4.30. And we will have Philly Godfather at 5.30. The Cowboys are going to be interesting this offseason, too, in what they do with Dak, what they do with CD, and what they do with Micah Parsons. Um, what's the priority? Do you think it's important for Jerry Jones to win a Super Bowl? Or do you think it's important for him to be the main storyline in the NFL? What is more important to the brand of the Cowboys? Another title? Which is feasibly impossible because I showed you there's very few guys that have won Super Bowls that are still even active quarterbacks in the NFL today. Do you think, again, that Dak gives them the conversation piece? You know, it's funny. We, we had David Hill on, who founded Fox Sports. And he said to Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones wanted to try to fix. Um, yeah, Yale goes, I would want to win a Super Bowl. But how is that going to help him? His legacy said he's got three of them. Increasing the, increasing the value. The Cowboys are the most expensive franchise on the planet. And he's done a remarkable job in that aspect. The signing Dak. You see, look, Dak's failures are a storyline. It's a storyline. Is, is Dak Prescott coming back to the Dallas Cowboys in the best interest of Jerry Jones? Signing Michael Parsons is not a priority of mine. Okay? All owners want to keep costs down and profits high. Absolutely true. Yale goes, what's the alternative? Here, well, let's do this, Yale. Do you think the Dallas Cowboys would be a story if they were a four-win team? Don't you think they'd still be a story if they were a four-win team? I do. Xavier McKinney, Giants, PFF grading 878. And 94 solo tackles, three interceptions. 
destroyed the Eagles is a free agent. You don't have a ton of money right now. You just don't have a ton of money. You've got to free guys up when it comes to their cap and you have to have conversations. Okay? You have to have a conversation with your corners, maybe AJ. How about this? You know you know the conversation that you guys have had where you had a problem with me bringing up and I started this conversation. By the way, I didn't start a rumor. I started a conversation about AJ Brown and trading him. There's a lot of money that's out there with Brown. What is he was what is he expected to make? 25 million? Don't you go to him and say, let's lower that base number. Here, you've got 3,000 yards in the last two years. You've got three grand. Here's a bag of money. Let's lower it from 25 to 10. So $15 million you can use towards your cap space. Why wouldn't you want the money in the bank? Why would I want to wait for it when I could get it today? You signed a brand new restructured contract. I guarantee you he's restructuring someone. They've already, they've already done Lane a bunch of times. I don't know how you can do Jalen if you can start that because that contract really hasn't kicked in yet. I don't think you can restructure anything yet until that contract becomes maybe after because if I'm not mistaken, Patrick Mahomes, when he signed that contract in Kansas City, two months later, they restructured the contract so that they could give Travis Kelsey some money. And they redid that deal right away after Lee Steinberg put that deal together. So I think maybe you could do it after a couple months, after you get going there with, with, with Jalen Hurts' contract. But you got to get some money. And I feel more comfortable with Howie having the money. But then again, we talked about what we were talking with Tone here. Dude, man, this guy is not good in the draft. That is his Achilles heel. Howie Roseman's not a good drafter. Plain and simple, I don't know if I trust him with more. So trading AJ could be counterproductive. Hey, you trade AJ, you get first round picks and you get a majority of picks for him. And then the guy bombs on the picks. You lose the player, you lose the equity of the production and you don't really get any return on your investment. It's a catastrophe. Okay. Jameson goes, Seal's been still talking the nonsense. Okay. So you tell me again, once again, you know, you know, you know, everyone tone, it, 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 it boggles my mind how people look at players and you fall in love with something and you're not looking at the overall strength of your, hey, get this, you have A.J. Brown on your team and you don't have a better roster than Dallas. How's that possible? You don't have a better roster than Dallas. Dallas is better than you on defense across the board at every level, except maybe the D-line. Wide receivers, they're deeper than you. You got two and a bunch of garbage. Their tight end is not. You know, how about this? Their tight end is more reliable than your tight end. Jake Ferguson's more reliable than your guy. Did he not have a better year than Goddard, too? Well, Goddard got hurt. 
hey, man, that's still a better year. Didn't Jake Ferguson have a better year than Dallas Goddard? You can't keep telling me that Dallas Goddard's better than him when Dallas Goddard can't stay healthy. Jake Ferguson outplayed Dallas Goddard. Yeah, but Sills, Dallas Goddard's a better player. Hey, man, that's only lip service. Kid put the numbers on the table. He produced. Your guy didn't. Well, he was hurt. Hey, man, that's what I talk about with that guy all the time. Jake Ferguson was better than Goddard. Dallas has a better tight end in you right now. Yeah, but he, no, he's always hurt. I talk in reality. You talk with passion. That's what I talk. Sydney goes, no way. And the guy produced more numbers this year than him. How do you think, how, how do you go there with that? When that's your comment is a passionate comment. My comment is a factual comment. Okay. Oh, I see. It's not reality. Reality is this guy outplayed your guy. That's not made up. That's not made up. Callie Green goes, Cowboy fan? No, reality fan. Reality. Player outplays your guy. Dak outplayed Jalen. Jake Ferguson outplayed Goddard. Facts. Okay. Here's my guy, Tone. Dallas Goddard, 59 catches. Jake Ferguson, 71. Dallas Goddard, 592. Jake Ferguson, 761. Five touchdowns to three. End of story. How about yards per catch? Jake Ferguson, better. End of story. Ignite some of you. Take the rest of the day off. Completely outplayed him. What's the matter? See, Callie Green gets a little fax put in his face and he bows out. Take the rest of the day off, kid. It's all good. Dak also threw more picks in the playoffs. That's what Philly 500 says. I wouldn't be sitting around talking about Philly 500, J- Jalen Hurts' performance against the Bucks either. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I wasn't anything to write home about. Both guys. I completely give it to you. Did we overpay A.J. Brown? No. What you did was you covered a mistake with money. Philly 500, you know I love you. Did Death Row ask a really great question. Did we overpay for AJ? No. You just absolutely threw money at a player because you you effed up on Jalen Rager. You lost the $40 million. Do you, do you, want, you see this, right? 
when you draft a player, like you would have had Justin Jefferson for three years on a rookie contract. Okay. You had him three years on a rookie contract. One could argue AJ has outplayed his contract. 25 million. See, the player's not the problem. It's the it's the position on the team that's the problem that how he got there. Howie has the problem. The only thing the player can do is put up his numbers, and he did. The problem is Roseman. Roseman lost the $40 million in the three years of a rookie contract to build the rest of the team and spread the money out. So what did he do? He spent the $40 million on, on a receiver instead of having that money in his cap and being able to build linebackers and secondary guys or additional edge rushers or backup running backs, or backup tackles. He completely lost that financially. And you can't build a football team on a consistent basis with free agents. The number one move, get this. Think about what Howie has done in his running of the team. His two biggest acquisitions, get this. You know, you know, you know, Tone, what's funny, everyone? The three biggest moves that he made were all his fucking failures. He had a trade for a corner in Slay. He had a sign Reddick free agent. And he had to make a trade with AJ. All three failures in the draft. And you lose the you lose the money equity because you can't draft right. Like the 49ers can. You're not getting it. There's a three-tiered part of building a roster. Money, production, and rookie contracts. It's not just this. Let me draft a guy. If it fails, no big deal. There's ramifications to that. You lose the equity of the three-year rookie deal. You're paying low money. That's why it's so important when you get a rookie who is a good – like, get this, the Houston Texans are in a better place right now than the Eagles. They got three years of C.J. Stroud on a rookie contract. Do you know what the equity they have? Because they got their guy and Carolina doesn't? Incredible. And they have cap space. That's why what Tone was saying, he goes like this. Look at the cap space. The cap space and the rookie deal. That's where you, how you want to line it up. The Eagles can't line that up. That's why your defense is in shambles. Four years if you add the fifth option. So get this. Nick Casario has four years with the option. It probably won't do that to the kid, especially if he delivers playoffs like he did in his first year. But you got four years on a rookie contract. Four years. Howie didn't get any years on Rager and no production. And then he turned around. Get this. You got no years with Rager. You got no production. And then you dropped 40 million. That's why rents do. All of these failures, Nicobe Dean failing. You got to go buy linebackers. You had to buy all your corners. Think about something of what you did in the other corner. 
Am I right? Bradbury was cut. Was Bradbury cut by the by the Giants? Was he cut? Was he a salary cap casualty? What's the record over the last three years? No Super Bowls. No Super Bowl wins. So Bradbury was a was a salary cap casualty. And you turned around because he played center field and you gave him $14 million. The Giants knew he wasn't a cover corner. He was limited. The Giants really, in the end, were right. He had a good year playing against shitty quarterbacks last year. And when they had to play against quality guys, he completely shit the bed. So you made a trade for Slay and you gave $14 million to a guy who was waived because you can't draft. Twist says Marino was a failure in your eyes, Sills. He is. He did fail. He was the Kirk Cousins of his time. So are you here to get participation medals, Twiz, or to win Super Bowls? Let me know. All I need to know about you now, Twiz, you're happy with Marino's career? Okay. You want to hear something? Bob Greasy's more accomplished than Dan Marino. Bob Greasy's nowhere the quarterback thrower that Dan was. Twiz. Think about it. Greasy's a Hall of Famer, too. Greasy's got three AFC championships. Greasy has two Super Bowls in a row. And one of those Super Bowls were undefeated. What did Dan have? A lot of records. So would you rather have records or rings? Would you rather have a record or a ring? It's all good, Twiz. You'd rather have the record. You'd rather have the gold jacket than the Super Bowl ring. Okay. Some people would. Some people look at team sports like that. Not a problem. A lot of guys like you. But when you're in something together and you got 53 men, it's about rowing in the same direction to get to the same place and get a result you're all happy with. Why play team sports if you're just looking for a ring? Or if you're just looking for records? You should be like a pickleball guy or you should play golf. That's right. Dan Marino had one of the greatest releases in the history of the league, and it resulted in nothing. Because Dan Marino's attitude sucked big ones. And he didn't want to win. And he didn't want to win championships. 
because he didn't want to conform. He didn't believe in running the ball. You know, Dan Marino, his entire time playing in Miami, had 1,000-yard rusher. You know what his name was? Oh, funny, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, kid from UCLA. Dan Marino didn't believe in running the ball. And that's why Dan Marino never won. There was never balance in his offense. And when Jimmy got down to Miami, he told Jimmy to pound Sam, we're not running the ball. And they never won, really. And it's funny that Jimmy Johnson and Dave Wanstead are the last time that the Miami Dolphins, 23 years ago, won playoff games. Seattle expected to retain. I saw that. He's a really good coach. Well, Greasy, the Dolphins in that time were balanced with no name in that old line and those great players they had in the backfield with Zonka, Morris, and Kick. Plus, they had a Hall of Fame tight end. There were two Hall of Fame offensive linemen in that and should be three with Kuchenberg. If Jalen Hurts is on the Cowboys, they are a Super Bowl. They're in the Super Bowl right now. If Dak is on the Eagles this past year, we won't win seven games. Well, then why did Dak Prescott, then why did Jalen Hurts lead the NFL or second? He was second in turnovers this year in, in Philly. Philly 500. You make it sound like there's all that talent in Dallas. They don't have a lot of talent in Dallas. They got one wide out, a bunch of other good guys. They got a good tight end, a fair back, not a better old line. And you have two 1,000-yard receivers. You got a tight end. You guys think better than Jake Ferguson. You have a Pro Bowl back. You have six Pro Bowlers on the Eagles. And you're telling me if you don't think Dak is on the Cowboys, he has a better year, and you think if he's in Dallas, there's six Pro Bowlers out of 11 in Philly. Dickerson, Kelsey, Lane, Brown, Swift, and Hurts. There's six Pro Bowlers in Philadelphia. Six. Jalen Hurts doesn't choke. Jalen Hurts, I didn't see him this past offseason. He must have missed the bus. He must have missed the bus. Okay. First, they have a better roster now. They don't. No. We were talking about Jalen Hurts' offense. You're talking about roster now. Okay, bro, Dallas had a better defense. Okay. Okay. We were talking about the offense. <laughs> the Greasy wearing those glasses. You know how bad I got killed in Miami when I said Bob Greasy had more um, and was more accomplished than Dan Marino? They went nuts because Marino's a legend in Miami. But he is. His resume is filled with more accomplishments. People didn't want to hear that because Dan's such an icon. Joe Rose, who did the mornings, just came over to me and goes, you really think Bob Greasy has more? I go, well, he's a Hall of Famer. He's got three AFC title rings. He has a team where he went undefeated on I don't know you tell me what you tell me what Marino's done you didn't see him carry that team for the first 11 weeks 
There's 17 games in a season. Not 11. Not 11. What happened at the... What about second and turnovers? Nobody in their right mind thought Jalen Hurts had a good year. Now, the magical genie has now come in. And you know what his name is? His name is Kellen Moore. Ooh. I can't wait for this. All right. I got to take a time out. Power hours, we're going to reset. Philly 500, I got a question for you, too. We're going to reset. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hannah thinks that the Eagles have a better roster than the Dallas Cowboys. Where would that be on defense? Where would that be? Your two tackles? Okay. Other than that, 
there's nine, there's nine other positions that they're better than you at. There's nine other positions that they're better than you on defense. Dak outplayed Hurts. He's better right now. Just like last year, Hurts was better than Lamar. See, that's not a flip-flop. That's called production. You don't get credit for two years ago or a year ago. You get credit for what you've done. Micah Parsons over Hassan Reddick. Come on. Hassan Reddick is not the player that Micah Parsons is. He's a better pass rusher. That's it. He's not a good tackler. He can't cover. He's awful in drops. Micah Parsons is a more complete player. Do I like him? Not really. But don't tell me that Reddick is the player that Parsons is because he's nowhere near that. Is he better in coverage? No. Does he cover tight ends better? No. Is he a better tackler? No. Is he a better pass rusher? Yes. Good. You got one of the four. Congratulations. Come on, man. Okay? And by the way, your two young tackles fell apart at the end of the year. I mean, you know, you go like this. We got better tackles than the Cowboys. That wasn't on display the last nine weeks. People were averaging 155 yards a carry on you. That's not great run stoppers. <laughs> I mean... Don't start making shit up on your team that's not true. By the way, your quarterback was blitzed the most. Where was your pass protection, too? You know, one thing I'll say about the Eagles, man, and that pass protection, you know, they got to be better, too, for Hurts. <laughs> Tone goes, how do you keep your sanity with this much nonsense floating around you? This is why you'll be miserable, young man, if you stay in this business. This is the business that we choose. Dealing with idiots that think they know what they're talking about, and they have no clue what they're talking about. Now, Philly 500 is my boy, and I love having a conversation. Cowboys are chokers. That's not really the debate. They're more talented. They're closer to a Super Bowl than the Eagles are. This is not a two-year, this is not a one-year fix. This is a two-year fix. Okay? Dan started the season off by saying Dallas had a better D-line. They absolutely kicked the fucking shit out of you in Arlington. Eagle fans are... Delusional. <laughs> Philly 500's like, Sills, please let me just have the choke. Okay? Please let me just have the choke. Okay, you're right. They do, and they will. With Dak, they, can, they can't get out of the divisional. Yeah, well, I don't think it's Dak. I think it's a Dallas thing. Because it could be Tony Romo or Dak Prescott. Eventually, you have to say it's the owner and the meddling general manager, don't you? 
they haven't been able to get out of the divisional round since Jimmy Johnson left the office. Don't you think it's him? All the cascades of coaches and quarterbacks that you had in there, it's no coincidence. The only one thing that's a consummate is the GM. I mean, Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, they both can't get out of the divisional round. Okay. Well, why would that be? Well, who's the GM? He's the same guy. And Barb goes, I thought it was Jason Garrett's fault. Why would it be Jason Garrett's fault? The head coach in Dallas has less responsibility, okay, than the guy in Philly. I loved yesterday what Philly 500 said, too, by the way, about Sirianni. And I'll say it again, like I said in the first hour. Sirianni's like a keg of dynamite in the middle of the Eagle locker room. Okay? It's like a keg of dynamite. It's just waiting to go off. It's going to go off somewhere next season. You just don't know when it's going to go off. But it's going to go off. And you know what I think it's going to go off? It's going to go off because Kellen Moore and the relationship between Nick Sirianni and him. That's going to be the thing that's going to be tested the most. And then you know what you got to think? Isn't it going to be up to your quarterback to kind of settle that? And try to make both those guys work? Like Brady made that relationship work? You see, this is where Jalen is going to also be. And we're going to be watching this relationship more too. Because why? Would we not all agree that Tom Brady made that relationship work with Bill Belichick in New England for 20 years? It was Brady. What did the dad come out and say? His interpersonal communication skills suck. He's not very good at it. Okay. Brady worked around that. He knew Bill is a savant as a coach. But he didn't like the exterior way that he communicated. Damaged what he had inside of him to propel the team to greatness. That's leadership. That's not just reading the exterior. That's going like this. Bill's got a lot to offer me. He's an asshole. Right? Would you not say this? Brady probably went like this in his private time. This guy, man, he's an asshole. But I'll tell you what. He's got a treasure trove of knowledge that I want to tap into. And if I could tap into that, this guy's going to take me to places that no other quarterback has ever been. Has never been. He knew it. Well, that's Jalen's responsibility, too. How much can I get out of Kellen Moore? My problem with the Kellen Moore hire, and I'll say it one more time to you, I don't think it – I mean, and I, by the way, I don't know if it's going to work. I just say this. I don't know. So he's like a running coordinator? He's not. Okay. He's like a running coordinator. 
He's not. Right? You've got to figure out if this guy is going to be the guy that's going to take him to the next level. He, yeah, is he that guy? Like, like Tone and I were talking, I thought it was more of a situation where Cliff Kingsbury would have been a better hire. He controls the offensive game plan and calls plays. Okay. Um, well, that relationship will be out there for folks to test, Yell. Because look, if he's putting a game plan together and he's down in Jalen's ear and he's going to call a play in the middle of the game and they're going to be calling plays, and all of a sudden Nick parachutes in and goes, I think we should run a bubble screen. Is Kellen Moore going to go like this? No, we're not doing that. And are we going to have a conflict? Because I think that's where that thing's going to blow up. Okay? That's where I think the thing blows up. It blows up in, in the fact that can Nick deal with being cut and having his knees chopped out from under him? Hertz has got that's a great call, Barb. Jalen's got to be more open to coaching. But I think, Barb, it's this. Go with me here. I don't think it's being more open to coaching. I think it's oh, oh He's got to be more open to coaching the coaches. And what I mean by that is he's got to know the room. There's going to be a power struggle between Nick Sirianni. And here's something to think about. Is is Keller Moore going in here to try to supplant Nick Sirianni as a head coach because he knows he's on the hot seat? Is he going to be working in the best interest? They've never worked together, I don't think. Unless somebody could tell me, I don't, I don't think they've ever worked together. Is he going to be working in the best interest of Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts? Or is he going to be a subversive guy and a Judas trying? Jonathan Gannon was a Judas. He was a Judas. Is he going to be in the best interest of the Eagles going forward? Because here's the thought. What if he does turn Hurts around? Are you going to fire Nick anyway and name him head coach? Leave Kellen alone. He played on the blue turf. <laughs> and Hey, he played on the blue turf. He did. He played in the potato chip bowl too, right? That Idaho potato chip bowl thing. I told people this a long time ago. If you're, if you're, if Big Sills is invited to go to potato chip blue bowl or whatever the thing was, the Frito-Lay bowl, I'm not going. I don't play bowl games in December. No, thank you. I only play on New Year's. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing on blue carpet either. That ain't happening. That's not working for me. The potato chip bowl, whatever. What was that thing called? The Idaho potato chip bowl. Big Sales doesn't play. I don't. I don't play bowl games in December. I only play on that national championship games, and I only play in uh, New Year's. I only play the New Year's Day. I don't play anywhere else. Hey, let's play. Uh, 
the Idaho Potato Bowl, uh, the, the Fruit Loop Bowl, the the Frosted Flakes Bowl. <laughs> and that, that's not working for me. Eagle's success is Kellen's success. Oh, that sounds sweet. Oh, isn't that nice? Okay. Oh, 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 look at Dirty D here, man. That's awful nice of you, dude. Kellen's success is the Eagles' success, and the Eagles' success is Kellen's success. Are you wrong? You think coaches and players think like that? So this is what Dirty D thinks. Guy gets taken out, and a player gets put in in his place. He thinks the player behind him is cheering for the linebacker who took a spot. Or, like, do you really think that Sean Desai was rooting for Matt Patricia to call a good game plan? Probably, right? Hey, right? Hey, Tom, think about it. Everyone, you probably think Sean Desai's sitting up there going like this in the booth, and Matt Patricia's calling plays, and he's sitting up there going, man, I really hope Matt Patricia calls an outstanding game plan for the Eagles so that they can win and make me look even worse. Because that's human nature. (laughs) So you really think that Desai was sitting up there doing that? (laughs) Desai probably planted a few landmines along the way. Hey, yeah, run this tackle, sweet blitz, twist with an anchor twist. What's that? I don't know. (laughs) I made it up. Yeah, it's awkward, man. Absolutely awkward. No doubt. Okay? Hate to tell you, Eagle fans, but you're not going to like Kellen Morg's game plan. I don't care about what happens to Nick. What I mean by that is the Eagles offense turns around. It's in Moore's best interest. I know what you meant. I don't care what happens to Nick. Dude, this guy is just there. Can I tell you this? Doesn't it remind you of Desai just being in the building? Doesn't it just remind you of Desai? What's the difference between Desai and the building and Nick? When 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 he's going to have no say in the game plan. I don't get it. I mean, he's Sean Desai now. But just ahead, look at what the Eagles have done here to Nick Sirianni. They turned him into Sean Desai. Hey, you've been demoted. He's been, hey, would we not agree? You know, you know, I haven't used that word. Nick Sirianni's been demoted, right? Nick Sirianni has been demoted. Correct? Okay, Brandon, has Nick Sirianni been demoted? Tungles, I would say so. Your head coach, this is his second demotion. He was demoted from play calling. Now he got demoted again from play calling and hiring coaches. Jesus, criminy. Why does that guy get more opportunity than what Doug did? Elmo has more responsibility. 
than Sirianni. Man. He's being paid $7 million and been demoted twice. Muzzled? I say demoted. Right? Man. <laughs> now, supposedly, I looked this up. Supposedly, Kellen Moore was around the top 10 in RPOs this past year. Muzzled, demoted. What's the difference at this point? There is no difference. What is he in the building for? Sirianni has gone from my offense to our offense to probably fired. I mean, like, dude, Jeff, Jeff hits it on the head here. Exactly. Who are the players answering to? So, like, get this. If Jalen Hurts is being developed by Kellen Moore, what's Nick's job in this? So don't we take that from this? Okay, Shane Steichen was the guy completely responsible for the 2022 season and the development. And get this, to what Tones always says, you know that growth gap? He was responsible for that growth gap. Are you going to see that same growth gap with Kellen Moore? Sills, I don't get it. Suriani is there for lasagna night. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, I just don't get it. This is not – the more and more we move on, the more you hear them talking, the more you hear the coordinators talking, the more you hear the players talking, it just doesn't make sense. You're creating – a nightmare for your season. I'm going to say it again. I'm sorry. You're not making the playoffs. And I'm not, unless we see something drastically, I'll say this on February 1st, you're not making the playoffs. Not a chance. Not a chance. You are not a playoff team. With that garbage you have, you are not a playoff team. You're not. You were one and seven down the stretch with the worst defense in the league. You change your entire coaching staff out. And you think that's going to be a smooth transit. Where in the world have you ever seen that where you've changed your entire coaching staff out, except your head coach. You lost six of seven down the stretch and you thought you were a Super Bowl contender or a playoff contending team. Dude, you got a Super Bowl offense. And you know what you have? You have a last place defense. So figure it out. You're going to be in the middle of the pack. You're going to be like 9 and 8, 10 and 6, or 8 and 9, or 6 and 10. You're going to be around there. The difference between 6 and 10 and 10 and 6 is probably 25 plays in a year that will determine that. Well, yeah, they got a Super Bowl offense. 
And they got, you can make the argument that they have the 32nd worst defense. So where are you going to be? You're going to be in the middle. That's why the Cowboys have a better roster than you. They're better across the board. And you think, get this. So here's what we're doing. I'm, you bet your ass. I'm making, a, I'm making a statement here. You're not making the playoffs. Not a chance. Because here's what has to happen. Think about this. And this has to happen. Hertz has to have a turnaround year. And that coordinator has to work. Right? Vic has to have an impact on your defense. I haven't even got to the personnel. Your defense has to be at least top 15. 11 and 6 team is in the Super Bowl. You think you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs defense? They play in the AFC guy. Dirty is comparing Patrick Mahomes. You know what they did? They righted the ship and are in the Super Bowl for the second year in a row with nobody on that team. You don't have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. Don't kid yourself. You, you're, you're, you think you have, and you're as good as that team? They found themselves. They got better. You got worse. You were one in seven. They went on to do great things because they have great people. You have to retool every position almost on defense. And you got to pray that your two fat guys in the middle of your defense grow up and become men. The only guy that's legitimate on that side of the football is Josh Sweat, Fletcher, Milton, and Reddick. The rest of them, you got two tackles that have to grow up, and the rest of those guys are garbage. Blanket ship's okay. Sidney Brown, we'll see. The rest of those guys back there, ifs, ants, what's, buts. What are you doing to Kobe Dean? I mean, I don't want to do anything with him. I'm going to keep him on my team because I drafted him, I guess, in the third. I got to give him another shot. But he's nowhere on my radar. If I'm doing the right thing by building my team, I'm not building anything around him. I have no interest in building anything around him. In his two years, he gets an F. He gets an F. Do you know what Jordan Davis gets? A C in his two years? C, well, he had an A his first eight games. His last eight games, he got a D. I don't know. You played sweat a thousand plays. And you have to count on all of that to turn around. As Tone says, the only sure thing in the building, I'm more confident that Hurts will turn it around than any other thing in there. 
including your coach, including the coordinators, including the defense, including some of your younger talent, and Howie drafting. I got to count on Howie drafting and retooling and drafting. Dude, the only guy in the building that you would put, hey, if you were going to put a hundred, how about this? If you were going to put a hundred thousand dollars down on something that was going to turn around, what would it be? It'd be Hertz. Are you going to put the money down? Are you going to put a hundred thousand dollars down on the Kobe Dean turning it around? No. Those linebackers? No. Those corners? No. Jordan Davis staying underweight? No. By the way, who are you replacing Swift with? And don't start naming Derek Henry and those guys. You need to stay away from that shit. Who are you replacing with? Draft choice? So you're going to go into the draft and replace him. Stay away from Barkley, guy. You're not going near that. You ain't paying $10 million for Barkley. Be crazy. Dude, stay in stay in the real world. Who okay, I'll do it better for you, PI. Swift replace him will be at UDFA. Zeke. <laughs> okay. Now you're talking. That's more your style. Zeke. <sighs> How he will do his magic. You mean like this last year? Who? So you're going to draft a running back for Hertz? Austin Eckler? Dude, I told you, stay in reality. Austin Eckler's going to get five or six million. You think how he's going to pay five or six million for Austin Eckler? He'd be a nice fit, actually. He'd be a nice fit. Here, you are going to go budget shopping. You're going to go budget shopping. You got to stay in the budget. Oh, and your quarterback makes $50 million. Doesn't it bug you? that every two years your general manager has to rebuild your team. And the reason why you – you last year's team looks exactly like 17. So get this. Hey, what was the record? Sometimes I feel like Howie Roseman is too concerned with the cap. Just sign a good play. Yeah, that's not going to happen, Tone. What was the record – what was the record after 17? Was that the four-win team three years after the 17? Was that the four-win team? Yeah, it'll be the same trend. it would be the same trend. Because if I'm not mistaken, 2018, you guys made the playoffs and lost to New Orleans. Okay. Actually, your 18 team was better than this last year's team. Okay? And that was with a backup quarterback. Your 18 team was better than that thing. 
because they got further. They got to the divisional round. Um, you got smoked in the wild card round. So that was better. Actually, 17 and 18 were better than 22 and 23. And he had better talent in 22 and 23. He had better talent. But then three years later, he won four games, 4-11 and one. That's what you're trending to. Doug Peterson got that team in 18 to the divisional round. Nick Sirianni couldn't even get the team off the bus. Then he wanted to play the game. They were a drop away from going to the NFC title game for two years in a row. This team here laid down and didn't want to play, but according to Jason Kelsey, Nick had the pulse of the team. Seventeen, thirteen, and three, nine and seven, divisional round. Nineteen, they were nine and seven. Then a wild card loss. Then they were two thousand twenty-four and eleven. Boom. That's where you're. That's what you're trending to. So they went Super Bowl win three and zero, oh, one and one. So in two, so in eighteen, counting seventeen and eighteen in the playoffs, they were four and one. They were four and one in two years, seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, because they won three playoff games, because they had home field. In seventeen. Then they went one and one in 18, and they were four and one. Solid. Solid. Either it's a turnaround or not. Totally. We're going to know right away. We are. We're going to know right away. By the way, oh, that's a great one here. Oh, we don't have the schedule yet. Shit. That thing's not set up because this thing could be over quick. See, last year you had the benefit of not really playing great teams early. If they play great teams early, you'll be put out of your nightmare soon because they won't. Now, that's a great question. If this thing gets out to a rocky start and a pretty bumpy start, do they fire him or do they let him play out the season? Do they do they fire him if it's if it's going south right away. Do they let him play it out? Hmm. God, I can't wait. This is so much fun. This is so much fun, man. We already know the final chapter of this story. We're waiting to fill in and watch this thing. You know, you know, and I feel for guys like Tone and all some of you really hardcore Eagle guys, you know how this is ending. The boat hits the sea floor. This thing's going to hit the sea floor. 
Jay says the schedule isn't nowhere near as tough as last year. You mean like Drew Locke, Tyrod Taylor, Kyler Murray? <laughs> you mean Baker Mayfield and them dudes? Hey, man, I could get that you get beat by the Cowboys and you get beat by the Niners. Those are good football teams. You could beat by them other dog crap things. What are you talking about here, man? What are we talking about, right? Beat Mahomes and Allen, and you're at home. And Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, maybe you could sign OBJ. He's available. Oh, my God. I'm not, And I'll say it one more time. There, there's so many question marks. So many question marks going into this thing. It's incredible. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Tomorrow, on towards 2.30. Our friend Tone at 3.30. Meryl Reese, 4.30. The greatness of Philly Godfather will be at 5.30. I just did some adding here, something that some of you are not capable of doing. And I added this up, and you tell me if I'm right when I say this. So Nick Sirianni, without Shane Steichen calling the plays, and counting the playoffs of this year is 13 and 12 as a head coach. Is that right? Two and five, 11 and six. And if you count the playoff disaster, he's 13 and 12. He's one game over 500 as play caller or the head of the offense, whatever. Is that right? Sirianni's 13 and 12. <laughs> this guy's one game over 500. <clears throat> Am I right, Tom, when I say that? <laughs> the tone goes, Sills, that's a hell of a pull by you. Not a good look on Sirianni. He's 13 and 12 as head poopa of the offense. <laughs> Come on, man. What kind of shit is that? 13 and 12. What a phenomenal coach, man. Shit, you got it going on there. He's made the playoffs three years in a row. He's 13 and 12 as head of the offense. So they had other guys in there that was responsible for the wins. He had nothing to do with the Super Bowl because if you look at it, when he was in charge of the offense, he's one game over 500, 13 and 12. And with inconsistency, a quarterback who can't pick up blitzes because of your blocking schemes, maybe, and the way you play call and the way you design offensive one-on-one schemes, he's 13 and 12. There's no getting around that. You see, this is another one here. This is not an opinion. He's 13 and 12. And Steichen, after what we see in Indianapolis, is really the reason that team and that guy grew last year. He took that guy away. It's like taking a great heart surgeon away and putting some dude that went to community college. No disrespect to community college, but I wouldn't want a heart surgeon operating on me that went to community college, if you know what I'm saying. I want the best guy I can get. Thirteen and twelve. That's from that. Hey, from now on, when you guys put ten and one up, please put thirteen and twelve up. That's your boy Nick Sirianni's true. Because if you think about it, that's his true record. Just like ten and one wasn't your true record. 13 and 12 is your true record under that guy's leadership and direction. Wow. Man. 
<laughs> and you brought him back. <laughs> I never thought about it until I'm looking at it and I went, you know, they ain't play calling duties away after two and five. Last year, he said, remember what he said? Hey, how many, how many times did he say it last year? This is my offense. This is what I made. This, I'm the head poobah. I'm the guy. Okay, so you get the 11 and 7. 13 and 12. This can't be any more on a year. Mm. Jay says, I can't see them not getting players that Fangio wants this offseason. He'll give them a profile, Jay. This is the kind of player I need. Guy that could do this. Guy that plays a little bit like Ryan Shazier, used to the old Steeler linebacker. Or Derek Brooks is a better example of that. If if That's correct. Jay, I think, look at the assistant coaches that they're bringing in. If they're bringing the assistant coaches that Vic wants, they're going to bring players in. And profiling. Now, the money is going to be the issue. That's going to be the issue now when you're talking about Fangio getting the kind of guy they want in there. Because remember, this guy likes to shop at the dollar store. <laughs> hey, Mr. Rudy, this is going to be a lot of fun this offseason because all the people that kept telling us last year that we were wrong about – um. Uh, I can't, I don't want to be mean. The Kobe Dean. <laughs> oh man. What do you do with that kid? Poor kid. I feel bad for him. I hope he can get help. Watch this. You want to hear something truthful? I hope he can get healthy. I hope the Kobe Dean can play and be a contributor to the football team. And I mean that. I don't want him to bomb. I don't. I'm not rooting for him to bomb. I'm rooting it. I'm rooting for him to play well. And have a chance to be an NFL football player. Okay? I am. All right. Tomorrow. As I said, we will have our good friend, Ron Jaworski at 2.30. We will have Tone at 3.30, Meryl Reese at 4.30. And we will have Philly Godfather took it in the shorts. I, I, Bro, I know you watch the show, but between the Cowboys and the Ravens, I don't know there, Tone. <laughs> Xander Big Joe, I appreciate it. See, I think Tone likes to see him get it a little bit because of the Dak comments. <laughs> oh, good. Tone, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate you always coming aboard with us. Two to six tomorrow, and we shall see you on the flip side.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.